peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. It would help. It would help if I added myself to the online stream. Good morning, Bobo listeners. Good morning, YouTube, Facebook. Morning, morning. Things are hot. I was just saying that things are extra hot in the studio this morning. But before we get to all the tea that is going to be spilled all over the place, I feel like I might need two cups this morning, Miss Stacy. You might have to bring me another cup of something else that's a little bit hotter than usual. Good morning to one and good morning to all. My goodness. How is everybody doing? Well, I'm feeling a little bit hot this morning, literally and figuratively. So let me adjust my AC because, you know, um, 79 degrees. Oh, no, honey child. We need it down to at least a 76 this morning because when it hot, it hot. Good morning, everyone. Ah, the necessity to keep people accountable around here. Mm. Everybody hearing everything okay this morning in Radio Land? I tell you, my goodness. It's a hot mess. Just uh, reading some of my... <laughs> I just sent out my thing, <laughs> uh, my notification... And of course, um, my autocorrect on these phones. I don't know why these phones, thinking that they're so much smarter than us, because honestly, some days I have to wonder about their intelligence level. So the headline today says um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, when I send out to WhatsApp, I always... Um, put a little title and it was supposed to say Sandy's fed up just tune in and it said instead it changed it my whatsapp changed it to Sandy FedEx <laughs> oh these smartphones and you know half the time they um thank you for confirming the radio is good let me know when I play the first did you hear the intro okay because sometimes what comes through the board and through the computer is a little bit different but anyway um, you know, whenever you want to use a little uh, BBC word on, uh, for those of you old folks who don't know what BBC is, don't feel bad because I'm in that category too. I only learned during COVID what it was. <laughs> and then when I learned what it was, I was like, oh, okay. 
<laughs> but you know, when you try to use like a little, um, you want to throw in a little naughty word in there, um, autocorrect on your phone changes it for you. I'm like, why are you changing my, you know, you know, I didn't mean to put ducking. Now you must know that by now, if you're that smart of a phone. Good morning, Miss Vernita. Good morning, Diamond Princess. <clears throat> Miguel. Mm, mm, mm. Got a frog in my throat and Miguel's in the house. <clears throat> Whew, Miguel, morning. Irvlin, good morning. Carmelie says good morning to the CMR team. Good old reliable Scott is here. Scott, how you doing? Oh, they got me hot and bothered today. Mm, mm, mm. <clears throat> Some good tea, but I, I feel like I'm drinking the same teas every morning now. We only have about 50 types of teas around here because <laughs> apparently we're tea drinkers. And so I need a little bit of spice and variety in my life now. I can't be having the same tea every morning, Miss Stacy. It's good, but I need a little something different. Mm-hmm. Do we have some nice mint growing in the garden? Some nice fresh mint tea? I could do with that. Okay, folks. Um, Al <laughs> Anthony says, I'm tuned in for Miss Cayman Tea. Give it to Miss Andy. Cold, the cold hard truth. Morning, Janetta. Alice is in the house. So my goodness, where do I begin? First of all, we have guests coming in at eight o'clock. So I kind of feel like I don't even want to start the Miss Cayman conversation until after our guests have, have left because I'm going to be so hot for the guests. They might be like, oh my God, we didn't know what to do with Sandy this morning. So let's talk about a few other bits and pieces. Anthony, hang in there. After our guests have gone, we'll talk about Miss Cayman and that, that she's a gift that keeps on giving in the most epic way ever. I mean, honestly, if the ministry continues to sit back, you know what? Wait till our guests are gone. You know, we have to be nice when we have guests in the studio. <laughs> it's like, you know, when your mama used to tell you, okay, we have guests coming over for dinner. Be on your best behavior. And then as soon as the guests gone, the children running wild. But as long as you were in your best behavior and didn't embarrass your parents in front of the guests, it was a-okay, you know? So let's be on our best behavior for guests. We're going to be talking about the national ID card. Um, <clears throat> Brittany Gurner, is that her name? Griner? Child, she's going to be grinding some hard work, apparently. The Russians have sent her to some sort of labor concentration camp. Um, hard labor. Now, you know the Russians are just doing this because they're being salty. I mean, really? This girl does not deserve hard labor. What she did was stupid. Yes. And she wasn't paying attention to the rules in, <clears throat> in the Russia, obviously. But sending her to a, they call it a penal colony in Russia, is a little bit much. What y'all gonna have this poor girl doing? Oh my God. So now she's gonna be in Iksha, which is north of Moscow. No, that's where she was transferred from. What part of Russia is she going to? Oh, 
They say that they don't know the exact location. We do not have any information on her exact current location or her final destination. This is what her legal team said. Wow. So apparently they're going to be subjecting her to some sort of a hardcore labor camp. What, what, what kind of labor? Digging a ditch? Like, what the hell are they going to expect this poor little girl to do? Oh, my God. This is so sad. Really, really sad. So that's making the headlines this morning. Um, our partners over at 106 had some technical difficulties, unfortunately. We didn't join them this morning, but if you normally tune in for that, you're used to getting the headlines over here. So let's do a few headlines before our guests come in. Uh, headline number one, Jamaicans nabbed in 500-pound Ganja Hall. Um, I think we need to start contemplating a few things around here when it comes to the importation of drugs into this country. Maybe we have it wrong. Maybe look, maybe we could learn a thing or two. Hear me out now. Maybe we could learn a thing or a thing or two from the Russians. Because I suspect that Cayman jails are so easy that. You know, they come here as a drug mule, bringing in drugs and guns and all kinds of foolishness. And they get a slap on the wrist and get to sit inside of Her Majesty's, Majesty's palace, getting three square meals a day and um, good medical and dental. Some of y'all can't even get that on your jobs. Sitting on all day, pumping iron, watching TV, I'm not sure sure how much of a deterrence prison life really is in the Cayman Islands. Especially if you're coming from certain places, like three meals a day. Let me hurry up and commit a crime, honey child. Well, anyway, this bunch transporting over 500 pounds. Look at this. Over 500 pounds of ganja. Oh, they had this one wrapped up good. That must have been the extra, extra good package because they quadruple wrapped that. No, sir. Well, thank God that this bunch was nabbed. Age 35, 42, and 57. 57, he must be getting close to retirement age and just wanted to come and relax in one of her prisons. But yeah, this is um, this is quite interesting, actually. Again, I think we need to slap them with a little bit of an extra penalty when they come in with drugs and guns, and you know, uh, MPs, please have some consideration for increasing the prison sentence and maybe a little bit of harder labor. Doesn't somebody East End need some Cliff Rock to be hacked out or something that we could really make these guys work during the day? Then again, we have to be careful because we've seen the last instances that we've allowed people to work on a farm, they were able to kill somebody. So clearly that wasn't a good idea because again, prison officers don't really care that much. Um, 
they're from Jamaica too, most of them. So they're like, yeah, make them run around like they're in Kingston Central. Who cares? Anthony says patience is a virtue, especially for this tea. <laughs> Janetta says, yes, just wait. Morning, Miss Iva. Allie, we're coming to Miss Cayman after a guest have left. Sandra says she's not a girl. She has a wife. She's a man. Uh, Sandra. In Russia, she is a woman. I don't care what is going on in her personal life. And what the Russians will undoubtedly want to do to her. But this so-called hard labor. Hmm. Uh, Miriam, good morning. Wee Wee's here. Miss Marjorie, so good to see you. Stephen says, good morning, beautiful people. Good morning, Stephen, joining us from the UK. Marshall, North Carolina in the house. So the other hot news item um, that was trending yesterday was this story. Couple found guilty for a gun found in oven. Oh, Lord, I felt so bad for this young lady. 28 years old. And now she's headed to jail for 10 years. Mm, 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 mm. Y'all can't hear. You're going to feel. I don't know what to say, except if you can't hear, let me say it again. You're going to feel. Okay. People, listen to me when I tell you guns and drugs are the ruination. Oh, let me, I need to respond to a message. I'm pulling out my other window. Hold on now. Guns and drugs are the ruination of um, this country, amongst other things. And one thing that they have gotten right um, is that they are going to give you a minimum sentence of seven years if you get caught with a gun and you plead guilty, and 10 years if you decide to not plead guilty and it goes to trial. And that's exactly what happened with this young lady. Good morning, caller. Good morning, just to remind you, you left out something um, when it comes to our prisoners. Mm. They get their conjugals on the weekend too. Mm. Now, I don't know if the, the woman take advantage of their ability to maybe get the same but I am informed that the men do so you know three hearts are caught dental um medical and then you get sometimes you get some money coming out of, or is that over you get some money coming out of there too and then you get the consequence you can get married up in the two you know mm -mm. yes because so, we, we, we have um now that you mentioned that we've actually seen that before as well where they took him to the chapel and made him get married, apparently. They said that they can't stop him. I yeah. tell you. Uh -uh. <laughs> no deterrent at all. All right, thank you. All right, my love. What a hot mess. Mm -hmm. So anyway, this young lady, um, you know, I wasn't surprised at the verdict, quite frankly. But I... Um, really just had to put my head down and poor her looks like she was crying a little bit and then the boyfriend sitting next to her he um looked like he wanted to go and give her a little boyfriend squeeze a little hug and of course you know that's not permitted in court so i don't know what the hell he was thinking 
they just came and tell them, put your hands behind you. Handcuff time. Time to go off to jail, the two of you. And people are like, well, why is she going to jail right away? Shouldn't they allow her to go in and wrap up her business? Because apparently she has a little salon business that she was trying to run and this and that. And I said, well, if she didn't have the sense to get her business affairs sorted out before um, yesterday, knowing that there was a good chance that she was going to be convicted, then somebody didn't do a good job. Maybe her lawyer didn't tell her, honey child, you're most likely going to jail. So they found a gun in the stove, in the oven. Yes, but not in the oven itself. The, the bottom drawer, you know how some ovens have that bottom drawer compartment? It was there in a black case. And uh, let's just say that they did efficient DNA on it where they could not exclude her by one portion of the gun, 16 quadruple. Now here the jury, they were asking how many zeros are in a quadruple, quad, quadruple, oh God, hold on. What was it? Quadruple trillion or some ridiculous number. I was like um, 16 quad, quadrillion times, my apologies. And they were like, how many zeros is that? I'm like, does it matter? <laughs> Honestly, from you get into the millions, you've excluded everybody else in the Cayman Islands. What the hell are you talking about? How many zeros are in a quadrillion? I don't even know how many zeros are in a quadrillion, but it don't matter. <laughs> I just sat there and I chuckled. Really? Have you ever heard anything about a quadrillion in your life? Come on now. Those of you who are sitting here listening to me and you're math experts, you know. I mean, they have the little chart. I'm going to show you the chart in case you're ever interested. But nobody deals in the quadrillions. When they're telling you that, basically, they're like, there's nobody else in the world that this could be. How many people we have living on planet Earth? That's not even in the quadrillions. <laughs> Look at this. A quadrillions all the way down the list. 10 to the 15th power. Lord have mercy. Half of these I've never even heard of before. Quintillion, but they all make sense because once you know the prefix, you can figure these out. So quad is four, basically. Quadrillion. Quint is five. Sex is sexty, is always uh, six. Septi is seven. Octi, like octagon, that's eight. Like uh, Nani is nine, noni, nonillion. That's nine to the ninth, but it's actually um, 10 to the 30th. Yeah. Then you get into the deci, that's definitely 10. So yeah, one was 460 million times. They couldn't exclude her. And the other one was 16 quadrillion times. 
But you know, these lawyers um, always want to come up with fanciful ideas when it comes to DNA evidence. Well, maybe it was transferred. And the better DNA technology gets, I say, praise the Lord, because you can't be using this transference argument when you bring in that DNA expert. He's going to be like, transference? No. The DNA technology is becoming so precise now. It is amazing what they can do with the most minute sample. And they can tell you now, right? New DNA technology. They can tell you that this is not from transference. This is someone coming in direct contact with something. You know how many murders they've been solving recently because of reverse DNA? It is amazing technology. I love it. They're going back and solving 50-year-old crimes. Uh, unfortunately, most of the people are dead. The reverse DNA sequencing is where they have the DNA profile of the perpetrator, no matches in a system, but yet they can go back and trace who this individual is related to. And through the relations, a DNA relationship chart, and they can find you, trust me, because y'all, just like me, everybody uploading their DNA, 23andMe, uh, what's the other big one called? So they're able to have access to these public DNA systems, and then they backtrack, and they, they basically, it's like putting a puzzle together, but in a different way. So now they put the puzzle together in the center. We know who we're looking for. This is the DNA profile, but we don't know who it is. And you start building inwards to that person. Well, based on the DNA profile of this other person, they share a grandparent. They share an uncle. They share this. They share, and honey, chill. It's not long before they know exactly who that individual is. So I don't really feel sorry for her. You know what I'm saying? You get yourself in a situation. This guy, you know what made me chuckle in court yesterday? Um, during the final arguments, they're like, um, oh, but um, he has a wife and children. I was like, where's the wife and children? And came in? Because this is the girlfriend. Does he have a wife and children in this jurisdiction or is that back home in Jamaica? Because I'm a little bit confused now about what's going on here. Hmm? What are you doing with this man who wants to be... A gang banger going around threatening people with a weapon about how he can mash them up and all kind of foolishness. The most interesting thing about this, um, he said I can bust you up. Well, you may get busted up in jail, honey, jail. The most interesting thing about this case is the jury came back. So they let them out after 12, like 1230 or whatever, gave them jury instructions. Then the jury came back and they were saying that they didn't have a majority. But they came back too quick. The judge was like, you know, I've been gone no long because you got an hour for lunch. And you back to me, you can't find a verdict. Go back out. And then within less than half an hour, they came back. And I'm thinking, oh, y'all, y'all don't understand the jury assignment. <laughs> he said, go back. Continue to talk it out. So there was a charge of possession of a firearm. There's three counts. Possession of ammunition. And then the third count was specific to just the man um, about him threatening violence. Ironically enough, they found him not guilty on that particular one, which I thought was a little bit bizarre because the whole thing came out of 
they found out about the gun was a threat that he actually made to someone. So how do you find him guilty in the more serious offenses, but not in that one? It's just weird. But I guess maybe they didn't believe the witness that came forward and talked about how he was threatened. I don't know. It is a rather um, bizarre uh, conclusion in that one. So guilty on uh, the more serious offenses. And um, all I can say is it's really sad. Really, really sad. Well, 28 years old, that's this young lady. She uh, will be spending the next quite a number of years incarcerated at our expense, of course. She likes her little makeup looks and tutorials. When I first saw her pictures, I wasn't even sure that was her because she looks different. Um, let's look at her her different profiles. Oh, hold on. She looks different. Yeah. Let me see if I can find her on Facebook. Yep. She looks, she looks very different because she puts on a lot of makeup and stuff like that. Apparently she's a Webster. I don't Don't ask me who she for. Um, she was a Webster and she must've gotten married at some point and became a Ford, which is the name that she will be going to prison under. Don't know if she has any kids at 28 years old. Um, you know, people were messaging me yesterday saying, oh, you know, she has a business and they feel sorry for her, yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. And I'm just like, um, and you want me to do what about that? If she didn't have the good sense to feel sorry for herself and realize she's hustling and she's trying to get a little business thing going, what concern is that of mine? It says that she's from Midland Acres. Where is this South Brunswick High? I don't even know where these places are. Pretty girl, right? When she puts on makeup. You know, she can do her eyebrows and everything. Of course, she didn't look like this in jail, child. It's like, don't go into prison looking too cute. Because, you know, you might not want that. But when she does her makeup, she looks all right. Sambula says, stop being fooled for man, child. Those are my sentiments exactly. Mm -mm -mm. How we manage to pick up some of the most no good men on the planet here in the Cayman Islands, I will never understand. And listen, every woman and perhaps some men have been there where you thought somebody was all right, they were honest, they were decent, and then you found out later on. So that being the case, you know, When you find out, that's when you make your movements. That's when you step out of the relationship. But these young girls pick up these men. They're talking about, oh, they'd be threatening me if I leave them, this and that. I'm like, oh, yeah? He got sleep sometime, honey, child. <sighs> Sad state of affairs. Anyway, good luck to you, young lady. They go back to court in late January to hear what the sentencing will be. Uh, minimum sentence of 10 years unless they are. Um, I forget the exact word that the the legislation used but exceptional circumstances i can tell you 
that the court hardly ever finds for exceptional circumstances, especially if you're a Caymanian. So good luck on that front. If you're from somewhere else, you might get an exceptional circumstance like the American business owner who gets to pay a fine and gets to go back to his family. Tis the season to advertise oh, your gosh, business. Sorry, I was opening the website there. So um, that's all I can tell you about that. The situation with Spice, her Cayman show, and all other um, performances for the entire year apparently have been uh, postponed for now. So she is going to take the remainder of the year, which is just another month, basically, and try to recover from whatever has happened to her. Now, this situation is causing a lot of controversy um, around the globe and especially in her home country of Jamaica, where everyone is uh, a bit surprised at... Um, the situation and some people are now questioning and saying, I think, uh, what's his name? Mr. Vegas or whatever is claiming that this whole situation with spice is all, uh, some stunt. I don't believe that for one minute. Now she's been known to pull stunts. Like when she did the color thing, I told you all that, but this stunt doesn't all the bits and pieces of the puzzle don't really make any sense because number one, her sister's in the DR. Why would her sister be there if this was a stunt? This, this is not a stunt. She came very close to being on death's door, or she was on death's door. And she seems to be lucky to not be dead and to have some chance at recovery. So good luck to Spice is all I can tell her. Hopefully she'll get it together. Um, somebody said... Um, that... She, um, that she, you know, wouldn't be passing out money because she's all about those coins because they help to pay the bills. And I can't blame her. So she wouldn't just be canceling shows as a way to garnish attention. And I believe that as well. Uh, Zambula says, I hope he got, he get the time. Oh, waste boy. <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, all he do is beat woman, one punk. Oh, you know this guy? You you personally? Oh, seems like Zambula way. He says he's a real leech. He seems to be. Um, He or she, don't know who Zambula way is, seems to know a thing or two about this fella. Well, you know, I hate to tell you, ladies, but when you find, as these young folks like to say, um, a waste boy, because you're not no man, you, you need to... I'm sure the signs were there that he was a waste boy from before. Stop picking up the trash and bringing it in your house. The trash is supposed to be taken out in the opposite direction. Take it outside the front door. So our guests are supposed to be here for 8 o'clock. They look like they might be running a little bit late. Now listen to me, guests. Don't be running late when I'm hot, you know, because I will move on. Because I got things to talk about. And, you know, I'm already... Using a lot of patience, and you know, I'm not the most patient person in the world to discuss the Miss Cayman fiasco. Um, KK says, I'm blurry. I am? Hold on. Let me check the feed over in this next screen. Sometimes I'm blurry because you might need to refresh, but let me just check it and see. 
Sometimes I'm blurry because I need to refresh too. No, my Facebook looks good. Try refreshing, KK. Try refreshing. Good morning to Miss Dorothy. How are you? <laughs> Cameron says, you stay there, Sandy. We have enough spice around. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, all right. Studio time, 8.02. We have guests coming about the new national ID. Let me talk a little bit about it before they come on. KK says the iPhone 4 Pro Max, and I tell no lie. Oh, you got the 4 Pro Max? Or oh, girl, can I borrow your phone? I want to check out the camera and the video feature because I hear the camera is nice. Take some pictures and send me. Yeah, the iPhone 14 is supposed to be nice. But are you using it in K-Man? Because I'm confused about the, old, the whole eSIM thing. I need Flo to explain that to me. Like, I don't really understand what the hell an eSIM is. It means no physical SIM card. It's kind of weird. Anyway, we're going to be talking about the national ID this morning. Uh, they want to explain it to you guys. Take the time to explain how it's going to work because some of y'all are already spreading propaganda about the national ID card. And remember we had talked about before these cave people they're Caymanians against virtually everything. And there's a whole group of them. They, they maintain this WhatsApp group. And I got to tell you, they really get under my skin because I cannot, for the world of me, take foolishness. Y'all know this already. I'm a person, in fact, with very little patience for foolishness. And when I see some of this propaganda that this group, during COVID, oh my God, they were in their element I see you guys. Good morning. I'll give you a few minutes to get everything sorted. But I, during COVID, was the height of the foolishness with the propaganda. COVID is going to make you grow scales. COVID's doing that. And, and listen, apparently, if you love a COVID, your COVID conspiracy theorist, you're going to love other conspiracies as well, I've come to learn. Shocker. <laughs> right? But now they're onto the one about the whole ID card. It's the mark of the beast. I was like, geez, um, peace. Are you kidding me? Hmm. Yes, honey child. Mark of the beast, they claim. I'm like, what, why does everything have to be? Why can't y'all just, I can't even. Mark of the beast, say what? Oh my God. Y'all are all sorts of crazy on a good day. So they were sending out um, all sorts of messages. And of course, you know, I get them all. I'm not in the group, but I, I get it all. Because there are people who are in the group who are there, in my opinion, to really see how crazy some of our people are. Yes. So then they come back and they report back to me and they're like, Sandy, hey, this is what the nonsense is in this group as of late. I just be like, wow. You know, uh, they just need something to talk about. I'm not really sure what motivates them, to be honest. 
But it is a little bit bizarre. How many countries in the world don't have a national ID? Come on. If you ever lived in the United States of America, the second you are born, you are given, it's a virtual national ID. It's called your social security card. And that follows you through everything. You're born, you get it. You die, it's linked to every single benefit, every single job, every single hospital visit. You want to apply for a credit card. You want to get rent. Everything. The first question they ask you is, what is your social security number? It is embedded into your brain so much so that you guys know I lived there for a number of years. Even to me, as a student, an international student in the United States of America, I had a social security number. 594724. I'll stop right there. <laughs> Y'all don't need to know my security number. So not- yeah. Nope. Don't, don't be trying to use it to get any benefits. But it, it's a number that I will probably not forget. It's one of the few numbers, actually, that I legitimately remember. I remember my aunt's telephone number growing up. That was 813-248-8008-007. 813. Oh, God. I, do I really remember it? 813. Oh, 807-780. You see, I can't even really remember my childhood phone number. It was something close to that. I'm sure I could probably look it up. I don't remember phone numbers anymore because they're saved in our phones. I know Denny's number. Don't ask me why. And I know my husband's number and my aunt. Her two phone numbers, landlines. I don't even know her mobile number. That's it. But your social security number, you you better know it, child, because everywhere you go, it's a form of a national ID. So I, for one, I'm glad that we are finally getting a national ID as long as it's done in the right way. I'm not buying this whole, oh my God, it's the mark of the beast foolishness. Y'all need to get it together now. So get your questions ready. Our guests are here. Uh, Lewis says that I'm looking blurry for him as well. Anybody else um, finding that this is another issue? (laughs) Cameron says that's just another burner phone. All right, let's welcome our guests. I think they are ready. All right, let's welcome our guests. I think they Good are morning. ready. Oh, you got to cut the feedback for Good me. Morning. Oh, you got to cut the feedback for me. So I'm hearing myself from so, your feed. I'm hearing myself. I'm going to just mute you for a second. You probably just have a window open somewhere. Miss Charlene, good morning. Uh, Cameron says tax, tax, tax. Well, that might be coming, but it ain't got nothing to do with the national ID. <laughs> Uh, Jonathan said it wasn't the COVID that bothered the people, it was the vaccine. Yes, Jonathan, we're well aware. Um, David says the picture is fuzzy, clean your lens. I'm going to mute you back because I'm still getting feedback from you guys. So you guys are seeing me fuzzy. In that case, let me refresh my stream. So give me a second here. I'm going to hit that refresh button and then you guys refresh. Because we don't want no fuzziness. We don't have nothing called, um, so Irvlin says, yes, you're out of focus. Okay, try it now. Uh, so the the camera itself, just as an FYI, who was that? I think that was David that says maybe it needed cleaning. It's a fixed lens camera, so there's no need to adjust it. 
It's a six, I think it's 16 millimeter. I think I'm using the 16 millimeter right now. I used to have, no, this isn't a 16 millimeter. I can't remember what this is. I used to have the 16 millimeter, but that's a wider lens. So you see more of the background. Wait a minute, this could be the 16 millimeter. Oh, who knows? Um, I had a 16 millimeter and then I got a 30 something, which is a lot closer up, but I thought that one was a little bit too close. Y'all were able to see like all my little dimples and every single mark in my face. I'm like, oh God, that was a bit much. So uh, we'll give them a few minutes to get the audio. There's something that must be playing on their computer. They have a stream open or something. Any better? Uh, Pat says I was good on YouTube. So maybe it's a Facebook thing. Because uh, the people who are seeing me clearly says that I'm good on YouTube. You know what it could be? Did y'all hear what happened over at Meta? They've just let go like 17,000 people. Zuckerberg had to fire a bunch of people because his metaverse concept, which I'm still struggling to understand what that is, it hasn't even come to fruition. He spent over $9 billion on this metaverse. Debbie says I'm good and clear with her. Irvin says we can't even read the comments. Hmm. Y'all need a, something going on at Facebook. Somebody, <laughs> you know what probably is going on at Facebook? One of those 17,000 people that he fired were like, oh, I'm going to show you that you needed to keep me on board. And they're making everything face. Um, hold on. Sometimes for me, Facebook actually looks no, good. No, my Facebook looks good. Yeah, I'm just having a look at it, my window over here. So um, maybe somebody's playing some hanky-panky uh, over there at, at the metaverse. See, this is me over here for myself. Sometimes I do have to check it. And uh, my feed looks clear. So I don't know. Go to YouTube if you can, because yeah. Uh, Debbie's on YouTube and she says she looks perfectly clear to her. Put your hand to the lens real quick. Sometimes that will fix the focus. But it can't be a focus issue if some people are seeing it clearly. Amora says I'm clear. Um, Michael says they all got caught... They all have, look, look at how this, is this weird now, how it looks? Michael says that you guys have cataracts. That's why you can't see clearly. <laughs> all right, you guys ready? We have the Ministry of Investment, Innovation, and Social Development. Good morning. Good morning. Are we, are we coming across clearly now? Yes, there's no duplication. That's wonderful. Okay. All right. Thank you. Let me try IT staff came in there and got you all sorted out. Ms. Beulah says you're clear to me. KK having a good laugh. Ms. Dorothy is watching from Florida. She says it's perfectly clear in Florida. Hello, Ms. Marva. Yeah, the background is always, the background is not meant to be clear. That's why I use a specific lens because the background is meant to be a little bit. It's called in, in the world of videography and this sort of thing. It's called the bouquet effect, where your background has a blurry effect to it. Some people pronounce that word um, differently, but Jonathan, stop smoking that marijuana and I wouldn't be blurry. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's an inside joke. That's not an inside joke because everybody knows Jonathan is all about his weed. Uh, David says Facebook is fuzzy, but YouTube is clear. Alejandro says not clear, but unbothered. I can hear. All right, let's get this show on the road. Like I said, we got a lot to talk about this morning. We have some wonderful guests. 
who have uh, taken some time out of their busy schedule to join us. So first up, we have Mr. Matt Brown. Now, um, Matt is the, sorry, not, that's his brother. Oh my gosh. Ah. Freudian slip. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is Charles Brown acting. Um, what is this now? You're the acting. Deputy chief officer. Okay. Acting DCO. Yes. Acting deputy chief officer for the ministry of investment, innovation, and social development. Right. And we also have Mr. Ian Tibbetts, who's the e-government director. So uh, these gentlemen, as well as other members of their team, have been extremely busy with this national ID card. So let's talk about how long you have been um, working on this, because I've been hearing about it for a minute. So well, you want me to take that, Charles? Um, so when, when I actually I joined the civil service in December 2014, and it was identified as something that was, you know, seen as, as something that was needed mm-hmm. at that stage. However, there were a lot of prerequisites that had to be put in place. Um, and so I, I would say we really didn't get um, to the point where we started working on the national ID till the 2018 timeframe. Then it was a matter of, you know, finances and when, when the government could afford it. So really it, it's been it's been in the works for a while as you say it's been on the, on the cards but um as i said there'll be no wine before it's time <laughs> it, it's one of those scenarios that there were there were a number of prerequisites obviously starting with security with uh-huh. I think the data protection law needed to be enforced etc all of these things had to come into play before we were ready to really go on the national level. and I, I would add that i think it's 2015 um, 2014, 2015, that there was a cabinet paper that actually laid out the direction of how e-services would be done. And right. that was the initial digital strategy that, that said from then that we would be using the X-Road model. Uh, we had uh, a delegation come down from Estonia uh, to discuss how we would set it up. And a lot of the time between then and now was building and putting in place the infrastructure that would form the backbone for this. So this is now the the layer that allows the legislation that allows the interconnected government, the joined up government uh, that that we've been building a lot of the infrastructure for. But I think some, sorry, so I think one other thing that we really should highlight is, so the technology side, you know, once we knew where we were going, technology side, I always tell people the technology piece is in relative terms, the easy piece, because you Mm -hmm. can, you need you can you know and you configure it right you, you program it it will do what you need it to do generally um the more challenging piece is really understanding how it needs to be applied and the the, the legal side of it so mm-hmm. i think the the truth is that the the legal piece has probably been has taken us longer than the technology mm-hmm. to get right mm-hmm. make sure understand what what um people want and what would be beneficial to the for people and then legislate for that. So that we you and I work started working on the legislation back in what 2019? 2018. Yeah. Um and administration at the time, you know, similar to this administration is let's get it right. This is pivotal for our, for our people. Uh this 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 is going to be a great leverager for for 
the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we, we've really been pleased that it's been well supported uh, the whole way through. And we are where we are because of that support. I mean, we, and during that time, we had we we had changes of government, we had mm-hmm. changes of ministry that was responsible. Mm-hmm. So you know, there there were there were a number of things. Not not making excuses, but there were a number of things mm-hmm. that, that added to the time period beyond just the effort and and, and going out there and making sure we got yeah. things right. But, yeah. Right. So we're going to talk about, you know, what this um, ID card is designed for. We're going to talk about the identification register and a few other things. But let's just address the people's concerns straight out of the barn, shall we? There are people who believe that this is some sort of, um, I mean, you talked about the legislative framework that was put in place initially uh, that, you know, really gave you the responsibility of starting to work on the whole ID card. Uh, what is the reasoning behind it? Is it the mark of the beast? <laughs> I mean, does governments have some ulterior motive to control the people by way of an ID card? You know, it feels like I'm in this alternative universe where, you know, am I going to be microchipped? Are you going to secretly come into my house at night and put a chip into my brain or my spine or something else where you can, you know, have a visual of my every thought? Is that does government have time for that? Y'all want to know what I'm thinking 24/7? Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. Uh, so really, the, the nugget here is the identification code, and that's where I think a lot of people get concerned because it's mm-hmm. the element, and and uh, people get concerned about things that are new. Yeah. This is really about efficiency and mm-hmm. getting the capability to to have a a unique identifier for yourself. You, you, this is a prime example. When, when I came in, you introduced me as my brother. I yeah. looked like my brother, right? I actually yeah. been told that I sound like my brother. We start conversations and we have to call each other later and say, okay, well, I said this to that person and you said this to that person, right? Yeah. It, this is the unique ID that clarifies that I am me. And it's the same as a person's name. It's just more unique than the person's name. So that, that's the, for the register piece that mm-hmm. you get a, an ID number that nothing special to it is just unique and it persists with you. For the card, it's optional. And if you want to participate and take it up, feel free to do so. We, of course, are, you know, encourage you to do so because of the efficiencies that will be leveraged on that. But other than that, the, the citizen, the people don't have to actually participate at all with this program. Therefore, there's nothing here that is invasive in mm-hmm. any way. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. that's roughly yeah, it in, it, a, in, a, in a box. Yeah, and, and it, interestingly, uh, Sandra, when I first started, um, it was, so that this, con- this concern about Mark of the Beast associated with this was something that I heard in the civil service, people say, I think people are going to have this concern and so forth. So it's okay. So as we, uh, it was then um, Councillor Sakou, who was with, that was, when we went around radio talk shows and, you know, I went to the, like, UCCI and ICCI and other places. And um, it was one of the things that I tried to figure out up front, you know, is this a, is this a concern that people have? Yeah. And, I think the most the the most um, memorable was I <clears throat> asked this at a, at 
session at, at ICCI. Uh -huh. I came on in, lady took me to school. <laughs> she she said, "Listen, no, you know, don't 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 get confused. This is you know, the, the, if you understand the Bible and, and you you know, study the Bible, uh -huh. completely different. This is not what you know. Don't don't let don't." And, and she, like I said, it was really interesting. I mean, she 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 was able to, to articulate it very well, and um, she was quite clear about her point. But to, to the thing that I think you said, you know, yeah, it's really not, and it's not the something that that the government has ever identified to me as a motive. There's nothing that I've heard in any of my discussions um, that with ministers. The, the ministries or anyone else that has anything any any relationship to this mm -hmm. yes and I mean the the benefits and somebody said um uh, I think it might have been Damien says maybe it's too progressive which I I find interesting that you know we live in a technologically advanced world where technology has made our lives so much easier we've got online banking we've got all these wonderful things. But to be quite frank, even during the COVID lockdown, there were some people who were struggling to get access to their bank account and struggling to get funds because they never bothered to sign up for online banking. And now they were stuck at home and going, oh, why can't I go stand in line for two hours to take out $25 at the bank? Um, you know, people just have, you know, remote things, uh, grocery shopping and having it delivered K-Man does sort of, in my opinion, still living a, a little bit of a technological bubble. I mean, I know that we think we're super fast because we have the latest iPhones and most of us don't even know how to use all the features in our iPhones. But in the U.S., Amazon will deliver groceries to you yeah. and they'll deliver clothes that you can try on and say, nope, I don't like it. It doesn't fit right. Whatever. Send it back. I mean, there's so many technological advances all over the world that we're not really the latest and the greatest at, I'm sure Ian is probably cringing at me saying this because he's in charge of e-government. So I know your remit is to try to get the Cayman Islands government there, but you talked about going to, was it Estonia? Yeah. To see this card being worked. How long have the people in Estonia been using this, this sort of thing? Since I think it was around 2000. It, it was either wow. in the 90s or around 2000. You know, that day 2000, Ian, what year are we in now? 2022. Well, well, it's better than that, actually. So Estonia didn't develop their own ID card from scratch. They mm -hmm. actually adopted Finland's. So Finland's was before was prior to that. So what a mess. So, um, Damien, no, we're not being too progressive. We're trying to catch up with the times. Is a short answer to that one. Yeah. 22 plus years behind. All right. Let's talk about the logistics of of what this national ID card is. We do have some questions that are coming in. So who, is it mandatory, first of all? No, it's not mandatory. Uh, but I will say, as a lead on for, from a previous discussion, mm -hmm. we are at a point where if government services are gonna become more efficient, we have to take them online. And we mm -hmm. have to build the processes where one government department can talk to another department efficiently to ask basic questions to get information to prevent you from having to run from department to department to move the paper around. And that's what we get criticized for day in, day out. 
why do I have to go to get a police clearance from here to go give mm -hmm. the police clearance to here? Why this is your information? Why can't you just get it? Exactly. I'm one of those people that complains about stuff like that because and I see the inefficiency in it. Sure. So this is this is the groundwork legislation that allows the, that type of transaction to happen. Why can't I go and 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 get it? I, I was talking to a Kimanian just yesterday and they were applying for one of DOE's licenses. And they're saying, why can't you all just go get the police clearance for me? Mm -hmm. But you're not able to be uniquely identified mm -hmm. by a DOE doing that. They put the onus on you and said, no, you do it because you have to prove yourself. You have to then bring the piece of paper once you've done it back to me. And that's where we need the, the, the ID code. Yeah. And then they could actually access that information uniquely and, and quickly. And I think the other thing that, that people, you know, one of the, the, I think, so data protection, the Data Protection Act, you know, it brings it brings with it a, a quite a bit of work for us in, mm -hmm. in, in the private sector, right? But it's for the right reasons. Correct. And it's, you know, about data, data minimization and so forth. And if you think about when you go to get a document in a, a birth certificate or a or something to take from one department to another to prove it. Mm -hmm. You're dealing with a, a paper document. You're trying to fit everybody's needs. That document has a lot more information than other department probably needs. That's right. You know, if you think about it, it has which doctor delivered you. Da, 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 da. What <laughs> in some cases, name, like, where, where they were born. It, where, it, you know, it, it, it has lots of information that isn't necessarily required by the other entity but they need a piece of information off of that off of that sheet of paper and mm -hmm. if we can move to where we can do we facilitate system to system interoperability and asking a very specific question uh, it could be um the question could simply be born in cayman mm -hmm. yeah you know or it could be over eight, oh, yeah, over 18. Or yeah. it, yeah, it, it could also be derived information like that. So, you know, instead of di disclosing the actual date of birth, it could be disclosing that they're over 18 or they're, you know, they're so within this just take that page. over 18 piece. Mm -hmm. If you're asking that question right now, if we do that, we take a photocopy of a person's driver's license. Mm -hmm. Andrew, they have your address, they have your your height, they have your I color, they have all this stuff they have just because you needed to prove that you were over 18. And it's because mm -hmm. you ask that question, you need to deduce the answer. So you need to look at the, the date of birth and say, yes, she is. Right? That's mm -hmm. the question though that should be asked. And it should be nearly just a yes or no answer. And yeah. that's the part of if. Yes, and we're gonna talk about how um in how individuals can actually control who has access to their data, because I think this is a really important point. Because I see based on some of the questions that are coming in that people are still missing the point a little bit. But we're going to go through these questions because that's why our guests are here to make sure that you understand it. So the first question, KK says, once it's not mandatory, trust me, KK, once you see eventually how it will make your life so much easier, you'll want to get one. So no, they're not going to force it on you. Because you know what? Government has recognized that forcing things on you, even when it's for your own good, um, will make you want to resist it even more. Remember what I told you all about the lesson of the fists? right? The more you push someone, the more they're going to push back intuitively in the other direction, sometimes for no logical reason whatsoever. 
just because you say it's mandatory, they're like, oh, no, there's something going on here. We don't want that. So I think government has understood a little thing or two about human nature. So they're not going to make it mandatory, but every single thing is going to be built around this national ID card. So after a while, you're going to be in the minority for not having one, and your life is going to be difficult trying to get these things done that you're going to be like, oh, I might as well get a national ID card. All right. <laughs> yes. One thing that I think is also important that I think people should give consideration to. The national ID card, once it's once they've gotten it, is in their possession. And if they choose to lock it in a safe and it never sees the light of day, it's in their control. They they're protecting it. They do what they want with it. Uh, however, the day that they find themselves without an ID card for something else, they have it used. Um, and I think that's even even if it's relegated in, in their mind to that concept, then it would be. Mm-hmm. But I, I also think that we need to give thought around the the number of ID documents, and I believe we'll come on to this probably at, at some point. But the number of ID documents that are available to our people um, mm-hmm. today, really, it's government. More, issues. More that, that was the next question that was coming up, Ian. You must be psychic. Be careful now. <laughs> So (laughs) rumors about you. So she said, this is what she says. She says, I have my ID card. It's the government election card plus my passport, plus my birth papers. Just saying. Okay. So great. And, and one of the challenges that we realized with this is for many of us, we don't have a deficiency as a normal, you know, at most times with regards to IDs, we have a, a, passport. Um, But what we also know is that there are people in our society that don't have a passport, whether it's because they can't afford one, whether it is because they haven't had the um, support, they they weren't themselves familiar enough or or didn't feel comfortable with the process and didn't have someone to assist them, or that even for a short period of time while that passport is being issued or being renewed or Mm -hmm. has been you know, and right now, um, when we last talked to the passport office, I think the indication was that we were, it was in the order of 10 weeks to, to get a passport from the, you know, to get a passport back. Mm-hmm. So you have those scenarios, but then let's, let's, and, and the good thing about the passport is it is available to all persons. Um, however, well, Probably an overstatement, but it, but it, it's available to our, our, our local people. Because bear in mind, you know, if a person is not uh, someone that was that was born here or that is Caymanian, mm-hmm. most likely had to have a, a passport to get here in the first place. Mm-hmm. There are a few exceptions to that, you know, thinking about refugees and other scenarios, but otherwise they have to have had a passport to get here. So. The passport is something that is relatively universally available, but it does have a cost. You know, so some people also run the, the challenges there with just the cost of getting a passport. Um, but then let's talk about the other one, ones that they mentioned. They, I think it was um, driver's license and voter ID. Uh-huh. Well, you have to be at least 18 to get your voter ID, I believe, right? Uh-huh. You have to be at least 17 to get a driver's license. You have to have the skill to pass a driving test to get your driver's license. You, if you if you're careless on the road or you know, 
you lose your driver's license and you know then then in that case you lose that identity mechanism right mm -hmm. for many of our seniors after a certain point you know they the vision deteriorates or otherwise they're not able to maintain a driver's license or they may not their family may not feel that they're safe driving etc so they're very saying um and and what we found was that they were our, our youth or elderly and those that, that had other challenges were some of the most um, at risk of not having a government issued photo ID document. Mm -hmm. If I just try to quantify the scale, the potential scale of this problem, and it doesn't apply to everybody. So this, I'm really giving you the potential scale. It, looking at the census information from um, 2021, the mm -hmm. number of persons, and, and I'm on, from under 19, and the number of persons, 17, 19 and under, 17 and over, made up over a third of the Caymanian population. Mm. And the other trend I think that we should mention here is that, uh, and I, 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 probably because of my age, but I struggle to understand this one <laughs> from just because of how we grew up. But Young people are not seeing that they are not in necessarily interested in getting their driver's license now at 17. You know, I remember I was pretty much waiting at the door, waiting for the door to open when I turned 17. Uh -huh. So it's it's quite common that they may not get a driver's license for a couple of years. And I think if we're realistic with ourselves with where technology is going, right, likelihood of people needing a driver's license in the next couple of years is diminishing. So sorry, let me stop there. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll really oh, yes. That, that there are, we conducted a number of focus groups and, and a lot of these same issues came out that the vulnerable in the gap are the elderly and mm -hmm. the, uh, on the young side, it's in particular to, to inter-island travel. We've, we've heard of the horror stories of persons having to get uh, a kid, a child's image notarized as a true likeness of the individual just so that they can travel between the islands. And this is so they can have a valid ID document to go through the airport because we have international airports both in the BRAC and, and in Grand Cayman. So by stripping away the, the other functions away from an ID, this is just as an ID. It's not a passport, it's a travel document. It's not a driver's license, that's a driving document. It's not an election card, that's an election card document. Oops. It's really just and that allows to issue an ID to the vulnerable in the gap. So it's available to any age uh, or young. Uh, and and well, we haven't gotten onto the digital signing pieces yet, but there, there are pieces there that we think are huge leverages for even you know a teenager that's becoming of age. Hmm. All right. Got lots of questions about how this is going to work. Uh, we'll get to your questions. Just give us a second here, folks. So the legislation, let's speak specific to the legislation, right? So we've just had two bills mm -hmm. that have um, been gazetted. We've got the um, identification register bill and the Cayman Islands identification card bill. So let's talk about what the register is first and foremost. So what is this identification register? 
Did you by chance have any of the slides that we sent or should we? Um, yes, she did send them to me. Let me just see if I can open them up. Hold on one second. It would have been in PDF. Give me one second here. Open um, my computer. Yes. All right. So, um, but in, in layman's terms, right? When we're talking about what this identification register is, let's see here. Uh-huh. I think this is the eight page document. So let's just pull this into another window on this side. All right, very good. Okay, so let me see if I can get this. Okay, so this is the identification. I think, is this the one that you're referring to? Uh, no, it no. Was one that was sent just this morning. Oh, and, yeah, but that, that's that's the that's it there. Uh, in in terms of the red, that answers the question. Okay, let me just have a look. Uh, this morning, yes, at eight oh nine. Um, oh, okay, let's open this. Yeah, I don't tend to check emails <laughs> in the morning. Yeah, because. I'm already trying to go live at that time. Well, I'm already live at eight o'clock, but here we go. All right. So, um, yes, yeah, sure. so this will break it down a bit. So identification register, right? So there's those two companion pieces of uh, legislation. Mm -hmm. All right. So walk us through this now. The identification register is going to be data held on the register. So this is essentially a computer somewhere that will hold this information. And the, this, the bills established the office of the registrar and the registrar has a responsibility to maintain this information uh, for the public and do so in a confidential manner. Uh -huh. it, it lays out what those confidential areas are and what the violations to those areas are. And there's, there's stiff fines um, if, if there was any particular violation of the registrar. Uh -huh. uh, or any of their uh, staff. So this the is registrar the registrar. Is the existing registrar that we have? No, it's it's uh, essentially a, the registrar that would be the custodian of the data that you see in front of you here. Okay, so that is that will be a new government department. That it, it'll be handled under the PSML uh, as a new appointment. Okay, in the Public Service Management Act as a new appointment, just like a, as a civil servant. So the, the key the key takeaway is that this information is information that, that it, you, as all, every single one of us has, we have this information in multiple departments right now. This is what's on your IDs in many cases. On the left, the identity facts is the basic core uh, set of data that, that has to be with a person on their on their entry in the register and then the related facts are the optional items that relate to identification and useful elements uh, and a lot of that side is populated by the person so for instance their residential address principal contact information that's email that that is telephone number etc cetera, etc cetera. so this, this is really government giving control back to the citizens to say this is your id one of the key themes that came out of our focus groups was a concept of I am me. Mm -hmm. I am, this is your ID. 
with government. Mm -hmm. And if we connected to this is a, is a digital portal that will allow you to log in and see your information now with government and interact with it, update it. So we're giving you a very uh, efficient way to keep your telephone number, your address information up to date. Mm -hmm. And the more connected that government becomes, the less places you have to keep repeating that same basic set of data. When you go to fill out a form, they can query this information from this, uh, from the register, and it is recorded. So uh, you, you talked about transparency and, and logging. Mm -hmm. Every time your data is requested from this database, it mm -hmm. is logged and you will be able to log into your own data and mm -hmm. say, see, oh, police access my data or mm. access my data or land DOE, register. land register, Where, wherever you've been doing business with government, it will mm -hmm. be logged that they have accessed your data in the register. And that's a transparency element that allows you to say now, oh, well, I, I I, I recall going to the HSA, for instance, and yes, that mm -hmm. was Or you could say, well, I, I don't really understand that. Let's go query as to why mm -hmm. that, that was. And, and I, I think right. something mm -hmm. that, that I believe will kind of put this, put just one one example of a benefit in perspective for many persons, that especially that own property here. So think of the future state where when, you're, when you have, um, bought a piece of property or a piece of property is in your name, you have added in the, with lands, the, the registered the lands, yeah. that your ID code to your, to that entry. Remember I said you added with them. So it's not, it's not telling the register or the registrar that you have done this, but mm -hmm. you added it there. And Subsequently, there's a development that, or some that needs to notify adjacent landowners of um, some plan change, etc. Now, today they use information that, in many many cases, is really old. You know, so, it that information we put our address, our contact, or yeah, our mailing address, generally, in there at the time that we register the piece of property yes there is a mechanism i believe that you can update your address but, but yeah and how often realistically how often do we actually do it mm -hmm. um, and then so when they go to to notify you they're notified they're meeting the legal requirement and i think reasonably by notifying you to the address that they have for you but that address mm -hmm. is probably 10 addresses ago and whereas if you had your identification code in their record, they could then use that um, to get your address, uh, your current address that you have updated from mm -hmm. related facts here that, and then be able to send that communication to your proper address. Now, those, you know, that's just one example. And the fact that they got your address doesn't mean that they had to get anything else. It could just be that they got, that the query could be to provide your address only and not anything. If, if I, 
in in a previous life i used to work with the department of planning mm-hmm. uh, and i i recall vividly the hesitation the anger the frustration of of individuals saying why are you notifying me via registered mail and the registered mail is the legal requirement under the current law mm-hmm. you, you have people that live overseas and uh, mm-hmm. they have really no means of accessing the notification no means of accessing the plans very limited in in, in that regard if this paradigm does change government services the way that we hope it will in mm-hmm. the that law could be amended to allow you to maintain your email address, let's say here, and you get that notice sent to your email address rather than registered mail. Mm-hmm. Or have it via registered mail, then mm-hmm. you could do so. So, you know, it gives that flexibility. Mm-hmm. And what, what well, I tell you what, um, we, we have a ton of questions, but I, I do want us to kind of move through sort of an initial presentation, because I think a lot of your questions might be answered. And then we'll do a quick fire um, component for our guests. But someone else mentioned that Hong Kong has had an ID program for 45 years. <laughs> so when we think that we're being so incredibly progressive and we're ahead of the times, this sure. person's like, uh, please ask them to go talk about um, the national ID program in Hong Kong. Now, um, just having a quick look at, at Hong Kong, they have a population of 7.5 million. Um, and in less than four years, they were able to roll out in 2003, maybe they rolled out a new one, but they were able to roll out a, ID, a new ID uh, program, a new ID card that phased out all of its predecessors. And it was held by over 7 million citizens and former, uh, foreign residents. Um, so they were able to do that very, very quickly. So with a population size of Cayman, I think that we could really get on it. So again, digital government really trying to provide better services to the people, even in Hong Kong. They were talking about the card features. It has a microprocessor. It's capable, again, of storing personal data, a digital photograph, and two fingerprint scans. So they're way ahead of the game. I'm pretty much, I'm pretty sure I've not heard anything about fingerprint scans being on our ID cards, right? No, so there's no, you'll notice that there's no fingerprints, there's no disability. Uh, in in the information that is being displayed here. Uh, And that's because, for instance, as it relates to disability, there could be another register that that keeps that type of information up to date. That's really tied to the medical field. That's tied to the person's health record. But the ID that's issued in this register really should persist in any of these other registers so that you can keep your information up to date and be identified as you. Mm-hmm. Well, Alejandro says it should be. Carol says Germany, Singapore, most of Europe has an ID card. So folks, if you're listening to the program, you know I personally need y'all to get with the 21st century. We live in 2022. And so I know Caymanians can be a little bit afraid of things, but um, I'm here to tell you that you need to embrace this because it will change your life um, once government is ready. Because we're gonna be, we're gonna talk about government being ready here in a second, and put both Ian and uh, Charles under the fire a little bit. So this is what it's gonna look like. Um, now I saw one, I think it was last year. I actually saw an MP with one of these prototypes that mm-hmm. I think you guys already had kind of started testing. So you've had prototypes out there, and you've been going through the um, rigorous testing. 
Ian, you did a demo last week for us um, during the media meeting where you kind of showed how you can just, just like a credit card, you can hold it up to your phone and transfer data um, from the phone to the ID card. Tell us a little bit about how that will work in real terms. What, what kind of data are we talking about and what are we transferring? Okay, so thanks for that. So the, I think let's, let's start by taking a look at on screen, what information is actually on the card. Name, mm -hmm. date of birth, immigration status, nationality, sex, ID code, a photo, and a signature. That mm -hmm. new information is available in the chip on the back and uh, on the card. Um, and there, the, the chip, it, the card is both contact and contactless, like your new debit and credit cards typically. The, but like your passport the contactless capability of the card to read that information that's on the front mm -hmm. requires you to first read, optically read the MRZ. This is a protection to ensure that, you know, when you're going through, um, a, say, airports, et cetera, or, or busy places, that somebody just isn't sitting there with a high-powered NFC scanner and trying to read all this data. They need to first optically read the MRZ, the, sorry, machine readable zone on the back of the card. It's that code you see, or kind of that you see in your passport um, type scenario. And then that allows, that's effectively the key to being able to read this the information that's on the front of the card by without sticking it into a reader. So it's, it's really a mechanism to ensure that you have to have possession of the card effectively to be able to to um, to get the data electronically then the other capability is you stick the card into a reader and you could read the, the, that same information now so then there you know people will, will say um, yeah but then you know reading getting this data well the reality is if you give any of your other IDs to someone they would have the information as well if you take a photocopy of it, if it's physical, you know, you still have the information. It's a matter of whether you're reading it digitally or not. And if you think about what are some of the efficiencies that have come along with immigration and in airports, it is that capability that instead of the you sitting at the um, immigration officer's terminal and then keying in every piece of data from your, your passport, they simply scan it, read it, and you're able to move on. It's why credit cards and debit cards are tap up or insert into a reader now instead of them having to, to key in the data. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's the same concept there for efficiency. Um, and the idea of that is that both in government or private sector, they can provide facilities where your card, the data from your card can be inputted into their system without having to key it in by reading that information, either optically from the MRZ, which would, the only thing that the, the machine readable zone in the back wouldn't convey is the, the photo and the signature. Mm -hmm. Photo and the signature, right? Um, but, so if, if they needed those, they could do it. And that eliminates uh, or gets rid of the errors in, you know, somebody mistyping the, the ID code, for example. Mm -hmm. There are functionalities in, in the chip. There is a um, certificate. Um, it, I don't want to get technical here, but it, it uses public key. 
or in infrastructure, sorry. Um, and there's two PKI certificates in there. One is for authentication so that instead of, for example, today, when you go to log into customs online, you enter a username, password, get the one-time code, and so forth. You could also, what we're working towards is, you'd be able to stick your card into a reader and enter the PIN, and that's your authentication mechanism. Mm -hmm. The second piece, which is very, it uses the same basic technology, mm -hmm. but it's for a specific purpose, which is electronic or digital signature. And almost all of us today have used, you know, pretty much, let's put it this way, I think anyone that would be watching your show online has probably used, you know, a digital or electronic signature in some form, whether it's a photo, an image, like a photo almost of your wedding signature, or it is some, um, again, based on public key infrastructure technology, where there's a certificate installed on the computer and you're using the, the, a function on the computer to just do a signature, or in some cases, the top-notch um, security of having a device like the card that the signature is applied within, and that way it can only ever have been applied by the person in possession of that device and mm -hmm. knowing the PIN code for that. The, yeah. and, and I'll just kind of finalize by saying that this meets the maximum requirements of um, the electronics transactions law here, which basically speaks to what it takes to be reliable and mm -hmm. that has the document has to um, sorry, the signature could only have been applied by the specific person. The fact that the signature is valid can be verified and the document to which it, or the, the digital uh, document to which it has been applied, the integrity of that can be verified. Um, so it does that as well as it aligns to what is defined as a qualified digital signature um, within the European regulations. Mm -hmm. And we use, we had a choice, in the, give me two seconds on this, but we had a choice to try to set up our own certificate authority to do this. Um, and I, I, for one, have been someone that's advocated against that because I don't think it is something we're ready to do. Uh, mm -hmm. I think we're taking to do it right, or we would create more, more of a, a risk by doing it and not doing it right. Right. Um, and there is another another huge drawback. The most common um, thing that I think that that gets where the digital signature get consumed is within like Adobe Acrobat, when persons receive a PDF document that's been signed, <clears throat> and to get get companies like Adobe or Microsoft to recognize this so that somebody didn't have to first install a certificate or a cluster certificate, etc we would have to have had a minimum of 100,000 um, signatures in circulation for them to start a discussion with us. So we chose to use a certificate authority that is um, on the EU trust list mm -hmm. and has to, to meet all of the standards for the qualified digital signature under the EU. It also meant that immediately 
um, or digital signature is recognized anywhere a European Union digital signature is recognized. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll stop there. All right. So, so it, I mean, it's a little bit technical, folks, but um, what they're essentially saying, because Mark claims that he's falling asleep. So let me break it down. So Mark, you can you can pay attention because um, we're we're old school and new school at the same time. So I'm not I don't have a ruler that I'm going to beat you on your knuckles with if you fall asleep in class. But I need you to understand how important this information is because one of the reasons why you're able to fall for all the propaganda that's out there about things, even as simple as a national ID, is if you don't understand the technology behind it, you don't understand the security protocols. Um, and steps that have been taken to ensure that this is as safe as any other ID really anywhere in the world. And so Ian said a lot from a technical perspective, but all he's telling you in all of that is to say that we made the decision, e-government and whoever else, made the decision to not develop that aspect of it, not have that database management here in this jurisdiction because number one, is probably too much work. Number two, the requirements of having at least 100,000 signatures. We don't even have a population that size yet. Um, you know, it was the, the cost benefit analysis in the real world made no sense when there are trusted systems out there already. That big organizations such as Adobe, if you've ever electronically signed a document, trust me, every time I log in to sign my documents electronically, I need to put in my password and you've got all sorts of encryption and stuff that happens on the back end that I don't have to think about as the end user. I just do it and we're good to go. And people who receive that document can trust that that actually came from Sandra Hill, Sandra T. Hill, me specifically, and nobody else. Yeah? That's so, right. You got um, it. <laughs> That's how I would have said it if I had been able to say it as eloquently. <laughs> So let me, let me just also say this about the ID, because this is one thing that you brought up that I think um, is really important for people to understand. So the amount of protection that is in this document, we see the chip and the barcode and all the ID, all this fancy stuff, just as safe as your passport, same technology. And, and if someone wants to, to try it, um, because... Your passport has a chip. It has that MRZ that you're seeing on the screen now type scenario. Mm -hmm. And there's there is software out there today. We one that I a free one that I've used, and I'm not making a plug for them, it, it, it's free. Um, is a software called Regula, R-E-G-L-A, mm -hmm. that will read your passport. Um, allow you to it, it will allow you to um, read the MRZ and then read the chip as a result. And it can you can even do things like facial matching with it, and mm -hmm. this is on your for your phone. If you take that same piece of software, you can do the same thing with the ID card. Mm -hmm. So that just shows you that it is standards based. It is aligned, you know, the standards that are used in, for the passport. It's not not suggesting that it's that it is an, an international travel document for a second, but it's it's using the same technology. Mm -hmm. So, All right, so one, one of the logical reasons, sorry, um, I keep wanting to call you Matt, but sorry, Charles, just give me one second. One of the logical reasons that has already been set forward in terms of identity confusion is the actual name. And believe it or not, I see it happening all the time in the judiciary where people with a similar name or the same name um, are being summoned to court and police records get confused, court records get confused because, you know, we got so many Ebanks and Powell's and Mandersons and, you know, 
someone's a junior versus a senior. And sometimes the police get it wrong and they'll show up to the door and arrest the wrong person or serve a warrant on the wrong person. Or the judge is saying, where's this individual? And it turns out that's not the person that you actually need or want before you. So this card will give uh, every single person um, a unique identification that once you have that issued, there will be no confusion once you present that about who you are. Um, I like this one about too much paper. So the waste of your paper um, that has to be, you know, stored in a warehouse, which listen, you guys have no clue how many trees we're killing and how much paper gets stacked in a warehouse for 25 years to meet some requirement of holding on to that paper forever. We're supposed to be moving into a paperless world. And it's really crazy how much money and resources we, the people, private organizations, public organizations, still spend shuffling paper around. It's just we create paper and then we have to do something with that paper in terms of storage, facilities, shuffling it and archiving it and all sorts of things. You know, I remember just as a side note, um, back in the day, this was, oh gosh, this would have been uh, late, late nineties. I was at Maples and Calder and they decided to try to start their journey towards going a little bit, um, you know, the paperless direction. And so my summer task as a law school student was to go into the warehouses and um, to destroy files, destroy physical files that had been sitting there for 25 years. So I hired a crew of men had to get this enormous industrial shredder because it had to be a very controlled environment. They didn't want third parties kind of shredding their documents. And every single file had to be examined for certain important documents that could not be destroyed. So if that file had a will in it, if it had a deed of trust, you know, there's certain documents. I actually had to go through files and look for these documents. And oh my God, it was the most interesting experience ever. I was custed, custed. I was covered in dust from head to toe every single day, 12 hours a day for this summer project. Um, and it, it was just, it was just unbelievable. And I was sitting there going, my God, these documents have been sitting in this warehouse all this time, every email, every, you know, they'd print it off and put it on a file and they didn't know what to do with it. So this whole concept of um, people really getting with the times and trying to at least decrease the amount of paper that we're creating and we're having to store and do something with, I think is actually fantastic. Now this one about ID overload uh, is a real concern. We saw Miss Morin already said this morning, well, how many IDs does she need? She's got a passport, she's got this, she's got that. So tell us how having one centralized ID that is connected to all of these different agencies and services will help us to potentially eliminate a lot of these other IDs that we're walking around with? So it has the potential to do so. Yes. When you can reliably quantify that I am me, even digitally, without me being in front of you, because mm -hmm. all of these are based on an in-person verification. Mm -hmm. Here I am. Here's my passport. Here's my ID. I am, And, and you make a, a cross-link that the person in front of me has a likeness of, of, the, of the printed document. The leverage here of being able to do so digitally, that's why that certificate, that, that authentication certificate that's digitally on the card, mm -hmm. can prove that you are you digitally because you, only you know your PIN. Mm -hmm. right? 
So you have a, 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 a government issued document, you have a card reader and you know your secure pin. You now can reliably identify digitally without being in front of the person. And that's a huge game changer. Mm. We, we, can't, we can't speak for any of the other authorities as to what could be eliminated at this point, but we mm. can say that it has the potential to be game changing and allow guidance to be rewritten. Mm -hmm. and I think okay. two, two things I'll chip in there quickly. Mm -hmm. One, there are many cases that you need at least two, two identity documents. Um, and, and an interesting concept is that what's required for identity is actually defined by the party that is receiving it or relying on it more so than the than, than say the government, et cetera, because an entity that is doing something that, let's let's just look in the, in the financial services side. Mm -hmm. They have obligations um, to ensure that they're dealing with the right person, that they know the customer, the customer has, you know, is, is not doing something um, malicious, et cetera. They have to ensure that they put in place processes and, and the, the, uh, require enough to do their job adequately. Mm -hmm. The inspection law on the other side comes back and says, don't do it excessively. But it's really that relying party that has to determine whether this is good enough. And in many cases, they require two forms of ID. Mm -hmm. so this comes back to why you need at least one plus this. The passport, the other thing that I think we didn't really mention is it's not really um, designed for everyday carry, whereas um, I think the, the, the ID card, one of the things that was identified is it needed to be convenient to carry. Is it going to be, you know, obviously if you're, if you're going to the beach and, and all you've got on is, is a pair of Speedos, well, it, it may not be the most convenient thing to carry, but mm -hmm. it's still a whole lot more convenient to carry than, than a passport. Okay. Um, and so I think that's, that's and, and the concerns of it being stolen yeah. are, are much less. Yeah. yeah. Cause I'm always surprised, you know, here we listen, people lose and lose everything as far as I'm concerned. Um, I'm surprised they're not losing more spouses, but normally um, IDs are at the top of the list uh, and passports. And I'm always like, why are you walk around with your passport? I only take my passport out when I'm going to travel. People lose passports all the time and then they become frantic because it can take months to get a passport replaced and it costs money. And if you're outside the country, you know, it's not easy to get a stolen passport or lost passport um, replaced, but people tend to carry it, especially foreign nationals. They don't drive, they don't have a driver's license. They don't have a voter's ID card because they don't vote in this jurisdiction. And so the only real ID that they have here is that passport. And they walk around with it as though it's a national ID. And it's a lot of risk on their part. Trust me, I get people all the time. They're like, oh my God, I lost my bag. Please tell them to take everything but my passport and my documents. I need those items back. It's just unbelievable. But I'm glad that this has pointed out some of the sort of downside of these other types of IDs. Driver's license, for example, 
Um, you know, you have to be of a particular age to be able to get it. And you do have to actually pass, although we're, we're crushing the skill and knowledge requirements, but nonetheless, some <laughs> is required. Um, so there you have it. And then you have the voter's ID card, which actually does not expire at all. Now, I was expecting to hear from this gentleman before he says a word. Let, let's let's do a little, um, folks, let's do um, a little prize. Who, who do you think, gift certificate up for grabs, who do you think I was expecting to hear from this morning and is actually on the phone? Let, let's do it because he's not, don't be making any sounds so people guess who you are, sir. Um, so you already know it's a male. <laughs> I gave it away. Um, who do you think is actually on the phone this morning? Jonathan, you just won yourself. Oh, I think Damien came in first. I'll give you both a certificate. Jonathan and Damien said Denny. Lenny was, Leanne was close with a third. And of course, Jackie was like, yes, honey, child, that has to be Denny. Denny, good morning. Buenos dias. How are you? Not bad. You didn't play your little jingle or whatever it was oh, that you right. promised you'd play when I say that. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, quick second here. Our regular listeners to the program will know by now. To really saturate the soil twice a day. That's why my tomatoes haven't been coming in. Hola. Uh, me, me amo es Brian. Uh, 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 let's see. Uh, Nosotros... Queremos ir con ustedes. Yeah, that was pretty good. But actually, when you said me llamo Ace Brian, you don't need the Ace. Just me llamo Brian. Oh, you speak English. No, just that first speech and this one explaining it. You, you're kidding, right? Que? 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 What? <laughs> All right, Denny, what's on your mind today? Speaking of, morning, speaking of confusion. <laughs> um. Well, I have a question regarding the identity register bill, um, the definition identity facts. Mm -hmm. uh, paragraph E of that definition says first name, middle name, surname. Where do you put the suffix? The suffix being... Um... If you are a junior, Danny Warren Jr., senior, the third, well, well, tech, well, technically, you don't say senior because uh -huh. you would just be, for example, my father's name is Danny Erlin Warren. Okay. My name is Danny Erlin Warren Jr. Oh, and for and and for the benefit of the public, um, I had an incident when I went to renew my first driver's license, uh -huh. um, I went, they fixed it all up and they came out and they handed it to me. And I says, well, um, you don't have junior on my driver's license. Uh -huh. Oh, they said, oh, that's, that's because we don't have a policy. We have a policy of not using junior on documents. And I said, well, the problem I have with that is that my father's name is Danny Erling Warren and my name is Danny Erling Warren Jr. So if you remove junior, you're putting my father's name on the document and not my name. Mm. So I had to write the commissioner of police to have my proper name reflected on my driver's license. Mm. So the question is, in this I see first name, middle name, surname, where would you put the suffix? 
So a, a quick question for you, Denny. Um, what does your passport say? Does it include it? Denny Erlen Warren Jr. It does include it. And does it include it just as part of the last name, or does it is it actually recognized as a suffix? Uh, that's a, I can't remember that. I think that, it, that might be a critical I question. I could, but I could look. I could. I could look it up. Though. Yeah, have a have it's a look. Not hard to do. All right. It so, um, is it is part of the last name? Ah, yeah. so it's not so a I, I think. I think the the complication is that. A lot of IDs don't recognize suffix, uh, mm -hmm. but this is definitely something that we would be willing to take back and discuss further. Yeah, mm -hmm. if I recall, the, the I looked at this before, but I, I obviously I'm trying to pull this back up my head. And I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that what that's where the issue came in is that it it is only um, if it's included in the last name. Otherwise, it's not over it in, in many of these documents. But it's definitely one we can, as John yeah. said, we can yeah. go back and have a look at. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, Denny, leave us there because well, we got a million questions that we need to get through. Uh, okay. <laughs> Thank All you. Right. <laughs> All right, uh, Damien and uh, Jonathan, don't forget I got some gift certificates for you. All right, um, let, let's go ahead and get to our user questions. Um, you know, yes, let's let's just do that because it's a lot of questions. So, uh, gentlemen, the idea here is to answer these questions as quickly and succinctly as possible. That's your task. <laughs> In other words, no long protracted answers if you can help it. Uh, number one. Oh, that was, let me see. Let me get to the right question. Da -da 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 -da. Okay, uh, purpose, I think this has already been answered, uh, Captain Mark. He says, what's the purpose of the national ID when they give away PR like Johnny Cakes? That's probably not a question for you really, but we've talked about how it will help streamline um, the process on many different fronts, even in terms of like the digital signature being verifiable. You can have access to different e-government services and you again will be the controller of all of this information whether it, you know, immigration wants to, you to verify, it wants to access something, um, driver's licensing department, lands and surveying. So the idea is eventually for all of these government agencies, uh, if you provide them with information sort of linked to the national ID, that you can streamline your life quite a bit. Um, Cameron is saying, hope that it doesn't take as long as them uh, licenses. So this is a logistical question and it's <laughs> worth it. Say now that you come on, on CMR, you're here, everybody thinks, oh, actually, this is a wonderful idea. I want my ID card, and you have a run on the ID cards. When is it rolling out is the first question. Okay, so in terms of rolling out, the anticipation is that it will be um, first of July, basically, because obviously now legislation passes, then we have to go back and make sure that everything, you know, we've, we've set, set up the basic solutions, but we have to make sure that they are configured to comply completely with the legislation. Uh, secondly, we have to stop. We've done a lot of preparation around issuance and so forth, but we still have to get locations in place because we couldn't go, didn't want to go rent a place or, or set up offices, you know, in, in the, uh -huh. for issuance, et cetera. However, um, in terms of the next part of the question around the process, we have both in person and online enrollment 
enrollment being, you know, it, for persons that have the have access to technology, mm -hmm. they can go through a process, the process with their passport <clears throat> and complete the enrollment online. Someone then will verify that in in person and then produce the card. And they just it's basically for them it's collection of the card, right? I, we just want to highlight that point. So even though you're doing online enrollment, there's mm -hmm. still a eyeball check to make sure that the person is still the person. So that's an efficiency element that we're you know, allowing that, that venue, but it's still yeah. gonna be verified. Yeah, the, the yeah. technology is such today that with deepfake technology, you still, you, you, some of these things, you can prevent a lot, but you do have to bring it back to a human in that case. Right. The other, so the other scenario is that we anticipate to have um, teams that would be issuing it here in Cayman and in, in Cayman Brac, and we would have uh, also have mobile capability that we can go to a location, you know, for persons that are, mm -hmm. are shut possibly, etc. Mm -hmm. Similar to how you do mobile voting, we can accommodate that. Also, we could go to large employers, etc. And, mm -hmm. and wow! So you're so, gonna have you're gonna have a whole team set up to do. Um, you know, especially this initial registration drive. So you guys are going to be extremely busy to say the least. Knowing that we are likely to have continued um, supply chain issues down the line, I'm sure that you've already thought about what that means for your rollout come summer, how many cards you need and so on and so forth. They're being produced locally. Like once someone does the registration and, you know, are they going to get their card within what space of time? We have the intention is to, in terms of setting up teams, the intention is to partner with people that have experience with it, with doing this already. So, um, you know, we'd like to partner with persons like, say, the elections office that also do do enrollment, so that they can, they they have the the systems and processes in place, uh, mechanisms and processes in place for doing this. Um, in terms of the supply chain. We have uh, already have a, an inventory of cards ready um, to for the for the, the first batch basically, and we have a contract with supply um, and that our vendor appreciating the fact that of those supply chains has to be very proactive in making sure that we have supplies. Mm -hmm. I, I think, but there there the will. It will take some time to get cards to everybody in in, in the population. Uh, so rollout will probably be uh, in in the tune of quite a few months to maybe a, a year uh, mm -hmm. to to get everybody access to a card. But we because we're doing the two streams of having online enrollment and we can physically uh, enroll you in person. Mm -hmm. We we can have the efficiencies of the online and online drives. To, to, to do batch processing. And the, the um, other thing to say is, obviously with the car being voluntary, we have to make assumptions around how much volume we will have uh, you know, to uh, take up initially, et cetera. But it is a case of, with with distribution like this, it's a matter of what what can we afford, or what's the demand and, and therefore, and what can we afford. Um, because it is possible to get the higher teams to really set up and do a, a rapid drive mm -hmm. it's a matter of what the demand is okay yes damon says so after permit is approved the national id card is issued 
What about background checks? So for foreign nationals who are coming into the jurisdiction, once you do, you know, the initial um, launch of the IDs, will they be eligible for an ID right away? Or is there some kind of requirement that you'd be an island for a specific amount of time? And then you get an ID. How will that part of it work? So work permit holders um, obtaining an ID. So the background check would be work's responsibility prior to the issuance of the the actual work permit. Once you are legally an ordinary resident or have the ability to be a resident here, the the bill as envisioned mm -hmm. would allow you to be issued a national ID and it would state uh, your immigration status as it relates to your work permit. Mm -hmm. And this is good because this should now eliminate, you know, we have some Caymanians who've been referred to as Nowarians, uh, depending on when they were born, they're Caymanians, but they have to go and get this acknowledgement letter, which takes an exorbitant amount of time. The idea now is if you have this ID, um, that will eliminate that confusion as well. So it, we have thousands of Caymanians that have already been acknowledged that mm -hmm right away they can get this this sorted out and get that immigration status as caymanian on the card mm -hmm. because of this process and because of the efficiency of this process we definitely have the potential to to change that acknowledgement structure and how that is processed and we will continue those talks uh with with work um as to how how that can be leveraged mm -hmm. but right. be after, after you've gotten at least after you've gotten the card you know how the a solution in terms of proving your your immigration status at any, at any and, given time. And that has never been done. We've never had an ID before that says I am Caymanian and I don't have to take around my grandfather's birth certificate uh -huh. and verify, right? That that all goes away now that you have the card. Yeah. And but but for clarity, the immigration status is still owned by work. You know, mm -hmm. as they so so one thing that, that will probably be helpful to elaborate for persons is where in the case of someone that's on a work permit, the card will probably say, see QR code or scan QR code for their immigration status so that you're reading real time the most, the, the current information on their immigration status because that, that may have changed. They, they may have had a work permit when they got the card and they may now not, or you know, they may, uh, mm -hmm. So we didn't really get to talk about the QR code piece, but on the back of the card is a QR code. Uh -huh. And the, the individual has the ability to turn on fields and turn off fields there. That's another way of sharing. Uh, and the immigration status, for instance, or any of the information on the QR code is the most recent information. So you notice that the address was not printed on the card. That uh -huh. is a QR code accessible field because that changes so often. And if you wanted to share it, you could turn it on as a shareable field. Yeah. But it's only and, uh-oh, somehow, um, I'm not sure what happened to our guests. They disappeared. Um, let's give them a minute to just jump back on. But this is, uh, while, while they're doing that, let me just show you. So this is a QR code to the right-hand side of the card that's being referred to. So um, I don't know if, I don't think I kicked them out, but if I did, my apologies, uh, jump back on. So um, is anybody listening that can get them back on? Meanwhile, Denny's going to keep us company. <laughs> Denny? Yeah, I just wanted to say I was listening to the, um, 
the discussion about listing your Caymanian status on yeah, we, I, immigration I status on the card. Yeah. Is that is that one would have to prove their 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 one would have to prove their um that they are Caymanian before it could be listed on the card as being Caymanian. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there has to be a verification process, and the people issuing the and card. Other, no, just but just meaning because what you said was that it'll do away with that process, but no, that is, it um, won't. No, well, well I, yes, you're right. So let's let's clarify that. So the idea, um, again, I think Charles mentioned it, is that hopefully there can be a streamlining of how that is done. But what I'm saying, say, for example, you're a child, right? And you get this ID card as a child. When you turn 18, you don't then have to go through this, oh, well, all of a sudden, because of a certain age requirement, I have to go and complete my verification for work purposes or whatever. That theoretically, if work, WRC, does their job, should be something that can be um, already in the system and linked to the card. Does that make any sense? Yes, but but before you get to the point where people are having children post the implementation of an ID card, you would then have to prove your immigration, your that whether or not you're Caymanian before it could be recognized as such on the card. Yes, well, there still has to be a process. It works. Yeah, so, so I guess if, if we kind of jump in, um, the there has so so what we we don't want to do is print something that isn't verifiable or or, or hasn't you know is isn't accurate. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, there does have to be some uh, and the authority for immigration status is work. So they do have to have it identified that this person is definitively a of a social immigration status. We are in discussions with them around how that you know, and I think they're considering what possibilities there are to, right. to more can, efficiently. Can but Sandra, you also made a very good point that mm -hmm. when a child is born, we can do this process a lot simpler. So I'll, I'll just paint what a mature environment could look. Child born day one, mm -hmm. registered, workflow sent to work from that day that the, I, the register already knows who the parents are because it has the, 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 the parent's ID code is already known. If one of the parents or the relevant parent under the Immigration Transitions Act is, is Caymanian, that process could already be made more efficient and you could know what that child's Caymanian status is within two days, three days, a week, a month of that child being born. Mm -hmm. That's what a mature environment doing it this way could look like. Yes, all right. Okay, Denny, that's your second question of the day. That's it. All right. <laughs> All right. So we have a lot of questions around um, who actually can get one. So Lem uh, Christian, uh, Lennon Christian says, it must be issued to permit holders, especially and not mandatory for locals, as the guest says. So um, does a permit holder have to get one of these cards? So I'll, I'll just reiterate that the register everybody that is legally an ordinary resident will be in the register and has a right to reside here will be in the register mm -hmm. the card uh 
is optional for uptake. But yes, all of this information would be in the register for everybody that, that is residing or has a right to reside here. And I also noticed that there was a previous question about, is it like social security numbers? Mm -hmm. And that, that is obviously because of proximity, our go-to analogy. It is different in the sense that the ID code number is not supposed to be a secret. So mm -hmm. you have this paradox with social security numbers. It's supposed to be a secret that you share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Unless I stopped sharing the last couple digits of mine. <laughs> be nearly stolen because of that yes we we do not have that issue because this is a shareable field mm -hmm. there is a component of this regarding to your pin that you have with the card that when you are interacting with with any member of the public that is a piece that you know and only you know it mm -hmm. is by you and therefore you can authenticate as you and that's why the, the number itself is not crucial that it be this kind of semi-secret that is shared and not shared right all right, Alejandro says, I swear all these years my voter's ID was all I ever needed. Well, consider yourself lucky. I don't even know half the time where my voter's ID card is. <laughs> um, Damien, just clarifying a previous comment that he made, he said what he was meant is that um, combining all IDs is too proactive and forward thinking because Mr. Azard Miller brought up this idea from 20 years ago. So yes, um, fingerprinting element. So there's a few people who've actually said that they believe the fingerprinting element, including Natasha, should be on it or it would be extremely helpful. Now, um, it's not going to be on it. Do you envision that it could be added at a later date? Like what sort of expansion capabilities does this system have? So we're envisioning that it's not going to be on it. Uh, we had focus groups where these debates were again highlighted. So we, we appreciate that there is sentiments within the public that feel, listen, I have nothing to hide. You should have fingerprints on it. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we recognize that. But there's also similar sentiments that fingerprinting, DNA, optical scans, th that's a stretch too far. Uh, and yes, you could. biometric element you're not going to do. Right. This is a basic photo ID uh, with a few other elements that allow us to verifiably know that you are you just through the digital capabilities. Mm -hmm. And that's where we've drawn the line. All right. Now, folks, I know you're listening to the program intently. Telephone number, if you have any questions, is 936-BOBO. That's 936-2626. We're going to go into overtime because I know a lot of y'all are hanging on here for um, the Miss Cayman updates. Don't go anywhere. Uh, Chuck has cleared us for some overtime. So we want to get as many of your questions in relation to the national ID answered. So um, cohesiveness, says Cameron, between government departments was something we've been complaining about since Jesus made wine. Well, <laughs> Cameron, uh, it's getting a little bit closer now. Uh, Janetta says, do we have to pay for it? The intention is that the card is free at least one one every five years because the lifespan in the card which again is is a combination of things that, that we've chosen a five-year card a, it's the first it's our first issuance of the card and mm -hmm. the, the technology there's a, a step change in cost to move from a card that has a, a lifespan of five years to one that goes beyond um and Mm 
five years gives uh, a more realistic time for persons' appearances to remain intact. Um, and that you're, it, it's one of the things that with the voter ID, for example, persons concerned that, well, if the circumstances have changed, but there's no expiry date, someone could still have the voter ID. If because of the five year lifespan, then you know that um, if their circumstances will have been revalidated after five years. From a government perspective, we're really just trying to get access to the cards. Uh, <laughs> as much as possible, we're trying to get these cards out into the public. The only areas where payment will come into play is to prevent abuse. Mm -hmm. And that's really the purview. When it comes to the cost, we do have someone who has um, a couple comments. Actually, he has quite a bit. He says, um, I don't understand. A national identification system has the potential to be a very useful tool in many aspects. It can be useful in the identification of persons during an investigation by law enforcement. It can be used as an identification when a valid ID is needed. It can be used to register for many services that government provides. With all of these positives, why not make it mandatory? Why leave it up to the individual to decide if they want to do it or not? Why not make it a useful tool? So like, like fingerprints, the mandatory versus optional was a very polarized um, perspective mm. in those focus groups. And, you know, I, I think it's it's something, I my only fear with, with making it voluntary is the people that most need it mightn't get it, mightn't pursue it soon enough. But um, otherwise, you know, I, I think, and it's really, that, that's more of a policy decision if the people, uh, prefer to have it mandatory while that's possible. But I do think voluntary accommodates a wider set of perspectives. Yeah. Um, I will say this though, remember I mentioned at the beginning that Estonia adopted Finland's uh, mm -hmm. ID card, mm -hmm. accepting that they're very different cultures, but Estonia had much greater success with their ID in, in, a, you know, in a shorter period than mm -hmm. Finland had. And the, this, the biggest difference between the two was Finland's was voluntary, Estonia's was mandatory. But, you know, this isn't something that we should necessarily take just because another country has done it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also a chicken and egg component to this where, you know, we, we, we're driving uptake of the card, uh, at least for the digital side of the services, from an efficiency perspective. Mm -hmm. So this we, government needs to be transforming its services to consume uh, the digital ID and, 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 and how we will do business in the new part. And that puts pressure on us. And that's good pressure. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a supposedly a magical number out there uh, where the ID will start to snowball within society. And mm -hmm. that's between 10% to 15% uptake. Mm -hmm. So this is coming from India where they've rolled out, if I'm not mistaken, close to a billion cards, if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and there, again, it, it's it's efficiency that's driving it. Mm -hmm. And they hit somewhere around 12 to 13%. Uh, it started to, to snowball uh, because people start to understand the benefit. Yeah. When you think about the population size there, oh my gosh. 
Um, so this person goes on. Once again, we're taking a passive approach. It could be a useful tool, but because of persons uh, being held accountable and lack of enforcement, the innocent will suffer for the guilty. So that's their opinion. Uh, speaking of costs, they would like to know what is the cost to implement the national ID? Uh, why not make it exclusive of everything necessary to actually be useful? From a law enforcement point of view, it should be mandatory in an offense uh, and an offense, I think, if someone is not in possession of one. So, wow, They're, they really want it to be mandatory. If it has all these benefits, then why not make it mandatory? They keep asking the same question. I can't understand the concept of leaving it up to people to do the right thing. I always say if you're if you're going to do something, do it once and do it right. Making uh, something so useful, but leaving it up to persons to decide um, if they want to do it or not is a waste of time. A national ID card suggests it's something required by the government, but it's not. It's only if you want to. <laughs> they go on. If it is not going to be mandatory, then biometric fingerprinting for all work permit holders and visitors. But the AFIS would be would be another costly investment that will probably not be done. So um, obviously that person is pro making it mandatory. I suppose that will uh, probably be a political decision and not really one for you guys to make in any event. But I understand the logic on both ends of not making it mandatory and the logic of making it mandatory. Um, so Cameron has a point here about the lost fingerprinting initiative. Someone else at one point mentioned, um, oh, Cameron again, failed cameras, failed fingerprinting, failed dot, dot, dot. So you are going up a little bit of um, sort of a public barrier here, fellas, in the sense that we've had other great ideas. We've spent millions of dollars on fingerprinting equipment and so on that never came to fruition. Uh, of course, now that you've gotten this far, you've actually got prototypes of the cards, you've used them, you've got a launch date. Um, you know, there is an expectation by the public that we're going to hold you accountable if this doesn't get launched. Are you feeling any pressure? <laughs> no pressure with this from 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 the go. So we, we definitely know that there's expectations. Um, we have to obviously uh, balance those expectations that persons will not see these services immediately. And that's the whole purpose of the bill. There, there's going to be a whole nother wave of public consultation and marketing and education on go to market once the bill is passed in that six month period that Ian already mentioned at July, where it will take us six months to basically get the register set up and then get the cards rolling out. And they will take some time for government services to be built to consume cards and to to interact in these new ways and we'll have to do those service by service. So actually just as a plug, uh, please visit our webpage, imagine.egov.ky, imagine.egov.ky and leave your comments there. Now on the bills, we also are, want feedback on what the public wants as the first services uh, that are the best services for them that would benefit from, from digitization and benefit from use of car or use of, of just the register generally. So this is really an interactive period where we want to hear from the public to, to hear their views on what is the biggest impacts for them and how this could change their lives and how the government provides services for them. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, Alejandro says, yep, it took me a little over a month to get acknowledged as a Caymanian at WRC uh, for this same reason. Part of the conversation earlier. 
What happens if you lose a card or it's stolen, says Cameron. Carmen, sorry. Okay, so you will have the ability to have the um, certificates suspended initially and or revoked and canceled. Once they're canceled, like they, that's permanently canceled. Um, and then you can have a card reissued. Again, it's because we're personalizing and issuing the cards locally, then that could happen as fast as a, or faster than a registration could happen because you're, you're using, you're getting a new one to replace one that's, that we had previously. Mm -hmm. All right, good, good. Uh, Dr. Victor Lukwa is in the house. Will the banks be required to accept that card alone as proof of ID? So this is an excellent question. So, this is one of the areas that we will be working and corresponding with SEMA on a bit more. Obviously, because this is a government-issued ID and it has the digital verifiable areas that you can you can state that I am me, uh, That this is a paradigm shift compared to what we have today. Mm -hmm. the, the burden of proof, though, it is always up to the, the private entity to establish their policy on what they will accept as a proof of identity. But we would like to work with SEMA to see what can be uh, changed, to see what, what, what can be made more efficient now that we have the new paradigm of, of digitally verifying that you are you. And, and we are engaging the banks, uh, yes. the retail banks as well, um, to, to look at, to, to consider, you know, how this, along these lines could be done. Um, mm -hmm. Because definitely it, it Ultimately, it, as I described earlier, it's in the hands of the relying party. So the banks um, have to decide as long as it's at least compliant with the regulations, mm -hmm. how far to make sure that they are safe. Um, but definitely, I would say thus far, you know, both SEMA and the banks we've, we've had discussions with so far, it seems the discussions are positive. And I can also build on that by saying that there are there's a concept of assurance built into the bill that we will be exploring uh, KYC and, and your ability to satisfy some of the KYC, if not all of KYC. Uh, right now, individuals are having to take utility bills to banks, to insurance providers, to, to prove that they are uh, living where they say they are. Mm. That similar service could be done to the registrar and there could be a period over which that ID is sorry that address is verified as as the person's address, and that could then be used to satisfy some of these KYC requirements. Mm -hmm. In a more state, yes, we reduce the paper, we remove the paper out of that 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 uh, workflow, and that could be a query that you, the citizen, give us permission to to do, and we could do that much more efficiently as a direct query. Right. All right. Uh, breaking news alert. I feel like I need some music whenever I say that. Um, we've just received word that there has been an armed robbery, another one in Georgetown, this time right on Mary Street at 9.01 a.m. They're getting bold now, folks. Uh, broad daylight, um, armed robbery, no injuries reported. Thankfully, the police are at the scene um, at Latin Taste on Mary Street. So again, you're hearing it first here on CMR because, you know, we get it to you first. Um, news breaking just now that after nine o'clock this morning, there was an armed robbery at uh, Latin Taste Restaurant on Mary Street. So we happen to have 
a contact for the manager at Latin Taste. So we're going to message him and just make sure that everybody's okay. But these armed robberies are persisting, folks. And uh, we have an expectation that something's going to be done about it. Mm -mm 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 -mm. What a mess. All right. Um, next question. Expiration date. That's been covered. So the IDs are good for five years. Yes. Okay. Uh, Flashpoint wants to know, is any of this information, any of this ID information accessible over the internet? Well, that's the whole point, right? The, the register, um, the, your, your view of the register will be, you'll be able to view it via the, the internet. Um, you'll be able to share via the QR code via the internet, but yes. But it's all, it's all securely done. So you'd have to verify that you are you before you get access to your information. Yeah. Right. Very good. All right. Um, Damien says, any medical history, diabetic, heart issues, et cetera, for EMT maybe? Okay. So this, this is a key concept. I, I think one of the things that we fail to, to say often is what's not included. So mm -hmm. things like the biometrics, as we talked about, medical, financial, all that information is not included in the register nor on the card. However, if you have, if there is a, a, a register, if the hospital has um, your ID code included in your record in their, in, you know, their facility, then EMTs could easily link that you could figure out, okay, that this person ha is diabetic. But the key is that the information stays where it should be. It isn't brought back into one central place uh, for everybody. We're trying to really keep the data set minimal and something common or frequently frequently needed that would be beneficial to, to the person. Similarly, uh, pharmacies and collecting your prescription at multiple pharmacies, that could be something also that in a mature state would could be done, that you could get refills at any pharmacy because they you would give the pharmacist access to get access to your medical record or that particular element that you need to get the pharmaceuticals for, and you could you could have that issue. But the only thing that's connecting the dots there for you is you being able to be reliably identified as the right person, mm -hmm. forward, but none of that information comes to the center. Uh, you know, I'd encourage anyone that's interested. There's a couple of videos um, available on the on the internet about Estonia's eHealth solution uh, approach, you'll find it very interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I think a lot of this really just comes down to between now and the rollout of the cards, you guys are going to have to do a lot of public education campaign yeah. because I think people are obviously very, very interested. I'm getting a lot of messages on WhatsApp where individuals are saying, make it mandatory. They're all for making it mandatory. One person says it needs to be mandatory, treated just like a social security in the U.S., and I'm excited about it. So you got people excited to get their cards. That's wonderful. A very polarizing perspective. Yes. Um, I think you're either for it or you're not. There's probably no in-between. I'm glad that's a political decision. <laughs> <laughs> but just to make sure that the public understands that everybody that is in the Cayman Islands will have an ID code. That That is happening. That's the role of the register. The right. card is the optional piece. Right. Got it. Um, another person says some of those who want physical, who want to physically add biometrics to the card, 
do not understand how a relationship database works. It's not necessary. And that's, that's basically what we're talking about. Instead of centralizing everything, keep keep items decentralized, but then have it relationally tied to that unique ID code. But only accessible by the parties that correct. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, somebody else says it should be managed, or at least for work permit holders. So I guess if the politicians are listening this morning, <laughs> they, can take, they can certainly take those elements on board. Um, I saw another comment that came in where someone said um, that they have it in their country. Yes, they said, we have an ID card from my home country. And um, we, uh, from the day that we're born, our parents register us. And it says that um, having the blood type is probably a good idea. All right, we've got a caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Morning, Sandy. Morning to the gentleman. Yes, I think the ID code I mean, the ID, national ID, is well overdue, mm-hmm. and it should be mandatory for everyone. Uh, a few years back, I had a conversation with uh, deputy uh, of police, and that was one of the things that him and I was talking about as far as you know having a national ID, and that's including everybody that's on a work permit, you know, and even people who owns property here that comes to live for three to four or six months out of the year. They all should have one. You know, that way, and then it's also be mandatory to carry it around because you live in the States. I worked and lived in the States for on and off, mm-hmm. and you know it's mandatory to have an ID on you at all times. Because mm-hmm. you know? if not, and the police ask you for an ID, just a simple question because you're trying to understand who you are and where because of whatever reason, and you don't have an ID, they can hold you for up to 48 hours until you prove that you're who you are. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't see why we're going to be toying around, but oh, well, leave it up to the general public to have an ID. But the other thing is one reason why I wanted to call in about is is that I think the, the children at their school, at the high school age, it should have been when they first joined the high school, that's something that should be issued to them. So they get used to having an ID with them throughout the rest of their life. You know, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's not no stranger when... They gotta wait till they turn seventeen. They gotta to try to get a, a some sort of ID. They already have an ID. And what happens is this, a child got an incident. They can't speak, but nobody knows who he is. But if he's got his wallet on him or her, they got an ID that they can say, okay. Well, the police then can contact the parents through the the QR code or, or, or that, that's being registered. But I think it's, it's still should make it mandatory and not just sit there and say, okay, well, you come and get it if you want it. Mm-hmm. You know? But I think also with the uh, voter registration system, that already saying who is Caymanian, because if you're not Caymanian, you can't vote. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that should be tied into the card, stating whether, whether it's a, a red V or something on there, saying that, yes, you're eligible to vote. So when you go to voter registration, when you go to the voters for election, they can see and then they can pull up whatever they need to pull up. You know? But I also think that they should try to figure out a way or should include some sort of biometric with like a fingerprint. Mm-hmm. You know? Because for the simple fact of having it, I I have to go to the, the police department to get my fingerprints to send to the FBI's in the States because I'm trying to do a course and they're, they're trying to identify who I am if they don't already have it. 
you know, it's the first time, it's the first time in registry. So it should be something that you should be able to have that you can access that's already been certified that you can either pull it off of your system mm-hmm. and email it straight to them or whoever it is, whatever thing that's asking requiring it. Because like even like the FCC in the United States, they're asking, they're all those people there, they're, they're going to be fingerprinted as well. Mm-hmm. So I don't see why we shouldn't, we shouldn't have it on our system because SEMA can also require that for their, their board of directors that for different uh, trust companies and so forth. Mm-hmm. But that's my that's my little two cents to it. But I think we should really look at getting the, the school children mm-hmm. at the age of high school, you know, not only just government, mm-hmm. all across the board, uh, get them in, get them in play for us, Mr. Tibbetts. I'm assuming you might, you might want to look into, and then they, that way also when they go to school, mm-hmm. they can just tap in to show that they're actually at school and it's registering. If however however you want to use it, but not saying that that's what you should do, but if they have that form of ID on them, because mm-hmm. we've been 40 years behind Singapore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, yep. I remember being there in the nineties, and you go rent a car, and you, you what you do. The guy, Nick, you take two fingerprints, some fingerprints, and they give you a key. Mm-hmm. You go even when you touch the door, the door opens up without even using the key. Mm-hmm. So, and then they could even use your phone to go up to a soda machine and to get a soda. Wow. By sending the code, punching it in, because your, your phone already has funds on it. Yes. But this card has a lot of more potential opportunities to it. I know they're still rolling out and trying to just do the basic first. Mm-hmm. But... I still think that, you know, it is adding the fingerprint is a must. Thank you so much, Colin. Yeah. And right. anyway, I'll let yes, you guys sir. go. Thank you. Okay, dear. Ian, keep it up with the job, guys. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So lots of people. We had another caller. Um, feel free to call us back. 936-BOBO's telephone number. Lots of people are saying they want it to have some biometric element to it. Um, and that was a good point that he made is make sure you put on your sort of PR drive that you go into schools, you meet with kids, you explain to them, you know, what the national ID card is, how it's going to benefit them now and in the future. And, you know, they will encourage their parents to say, Hey, I want to be in the cool club. I want to get my national ID. Um, Maria says, how is information going to be protected? Okay. So um, from a security perspective, it, we have to, it has to be quite encompassing. And think of it as this information as the core of an onion and there are many layers around it. We have to protect the information with different technologies, with processes, um, to, you know, from an integrity perspective, making sure you heard us talk about that we could do online enrollment, but it has to be eyeballs. Then we talked about interoperability. They were, for the interoperability solution, we're using a solution that was developed in Estonia. Um, it's open source. It is supported by a, a, a community, not just Estonia. And, and it, it's of the highest standard. Yeah, it was designed specifically for um, protecting information exchange between systems. And the data at rest is encrypted. The data in motion is encrypted. The data, um, we've, we've really locked down the methods of, or the ways that the data can be accessed. So, you know, if, if you've got a 
if you think of it this way, if you've got a house with 100 windows, well, you've got to protect everything, right? If you've got a house with one door, you've got to, you, you know what you've got to focus on to protect. So we're on that concept, we'll try to, to lock down really how we access the data, um, where the data is provided to you online, et cetera, it will use security protocols um, as normal. And then the card has um, various physical and digital security elements in it. I am confident in saying that it's probably, it has the most security features of any of the, any card, of the, our, our of the local cards. Yes. Passports uh, probably is the only thing that, that would be um, Similar comparable or, or, or potentially, you know, more so. So the UN ran uh, an evaluation, the Auditor General's report that, that they, they recently did a report on e-services and they flagged in that report the UN's work. In the UN's work, they did analysis of uh, a lot of leading countries regarding e-services and Estonia comes up as the gold standard. So just in case anybody is wondering why we're choosing to, to, to use and implement uh, th this this service, mm -hmm. it is it is the gold standard and and has been for for quite some time. All of the work, the register uh, and the system will be uh, penetration tested, will be audited, and will have regular audits so that you can be assured that everything that is being built uh, is tested, both in the building stages and continually after building. Yeah. And and I think. Something else I should just quickly mention in terms of Estonia is mm -hmm. that one of the one of the things that drew us to Estonia was also it's probably the most one of the most relatable population sizes because you know we talked about India we talked about a billion ID codes we talked mm -hmm. about Singapore we talked you know all of these are in millions up to the billion kind of mark whereas Estonia is in the over one million category. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's part of why we also looked to them. Yeah. Okay. All right. We do have a caller in the line. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Yes. Good morning to everyone. I, I just have two comments. Mm -hmm. uh, first comment is, I guess the debate here is convenience versus privacy mm. is is the issue that a lot of people, you know, have concerns with. You, you get you get you get more convenience, but at the expense of your privacy. Second comment, I assume this system works when there's electricity. Mm -hmm. What happens What happens after a, if it's mandatory, you have a disaster as we, as we often do, hurricane. Mm -hmm. What happens, is it usable when there's no electricity? Well, if your phone still works, I guess that might depend on what you're using it for, right? But um, if, you're, if you still have access to your phone and there are things that you can do with your phone, then yes. Um, you know, if you don't have an electricity, but you have the physical card, the scanner and the chip features might not necessarily be working. But if you walk around the physical card, people can still have a look at the physical card and compare like the picture to you. And so, um, nothing, nothing is a hundred percent. If you have a major disaster, that's probably going to be the least of your worries, but, um, you know. No, yeah, fair enough. But if you make it mandatory, then people won't be able to, to execute certain uh, you know, I remember after Hurricane Ivan, we had to put in place manual processes so for people to do simple government transactions. Now, if you make something mandatory, you, mm -hmm. you eliminate that 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 ability. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so there's always a need for a manual backup process. So I, I think the idea is great, but you can't put all your eggs in that. But isn't, isn't that the where the world is going right now? So, you know, I, I think about, um, for example, you know, we're watching very, very closely about what's happening in the so-called metaverse, right? Facebook has laid off 17,000 people this morning. Uh, Twitter has done right. 13,000 or whatever number they did the other day. I think theirs was a bit less, actually. But Facebook goes down for two hours. Instagram goes down for two hours. They're all owned by WhatsApp, same company. How are you communicating? Well, I suppose you can still call people the old-fashioned way, but most people are sitting there going, oh, I'm wondering why my messages weren't going through. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we, exactly. we, have, we have sort of adapted um, to a large extent uh, to this digital world already. And, you know, let me be honest, if there's no internet or if the internet goes down, how am I going to get news to you? How am I going to communicate with you? So I, I rely, <laughs> the, the old fashioned mall road is, is, is ran by the information superhighway. So in order for me to sit in Savannah and Lower Valley and tell you that there was a robbery all the way in Georgetown, how do you think I know that information? I'm not standing outside of Rotten Taste right now. So this interconnectivity and relationships that we have with technology and people, I hate to tell you, but I think it's only gonna, gonna get more and more. Um, that way. And we just have to hope that the infrastructure is solid enough. You know, the storm of the century, you have one of those once every hundred years, you have to have a contingency plan for that. Yes, but that's not something that's going to happen every year, if you know what I mean. Well, fair enough, but there's, there's the risk that um, it has to be managed. Yes, and, absolutely. Um, we, have to, we have to have those infrastructure. I mean, the government uh, project to put in uh, fiber optic is key. So these type of initiatives, mm -hmm. um, you know, we got, we have to have that infrastructure in place because it, it's it's great to have a car, but if you don't have someone to fix it and mm -hmm. no, no gasoline, you're gonna have a problem, right? Yeah. That's my comment. Thank you so much, caller. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. So the the I mean, it's a little bit of a question of you know other build outs um, around a national ID, um, you know, systems will fail. Uh, you know, there might be issues on occasion with, um, you know, we've heard in the past, like planning department website isn't working or whatever, and you can't do online applications, but these agencies and departments and even private organizations, I remember when CNB was rolling out their, um, new online platform, there were some growing pains and there were some businesses who were not able to access the new platform. So they had to keep them on the old one a little bit longer until they were able to, for whatever glitches exist. I mean, I think I just discovered a glitch this week that they're trying to figure out why a certain thing is happening with a particular account. It doesn't happen with any of my other accounts, but you know, these things happen and you, you throw it back at the technical team. And um, sometimes they have to go back to the drawing board and kind of figure out a little bit of, of what's going on. But that I don't think that that's a reason not to have the technology and not to push forward uh, with these technological advances. And I think the the thing that we should really not under underrate is the simple ability to have the card in its physical form as mm -hmm. a you know after after you know and God forbid we have another Ivan um, or any any country does, but. Um, after Ivan, your if you had a physical ID document, 
it's still, you know, you can still do things as a result of that. Um, and it, if you need to travel internationally, you know, I mean, it, we, we were able to move, what, 5,000 people out of here within days, I think it was, after Ivan. And in some cases, their travel documents were damaged. However, the receiving countries, the one thing was they must have an ID. They must have a form of ID. Mm -hmm. and so again, you know, um, and, and Sandra, you hit the nail on the head. If if your mobile device is working, if the and as long as you know we have internet connectivity internationally, then there you can do a lot of the digital features as well. Uh, and some of the digital features you can even do on you know immediately on hand because the reading of the optical um, of the the machine readable zone and the uh, using that to get access of the information that is on the face of the card. Again, that doesn't need any, any of those connectivities. Uh -huh. I also would love to add that we have to plan for the exceptions, like the caller was saying, the hurricane that is coming. But if we, if we build systems for the exceptions, we, we won't get very far. We, uh -huh. in that, that's the status quo. Uh -huh. And if we are 95% of the time hyper-efficient, mm -hmm. we, when, when we do have to go back to that manual process, it is bearable because you understand that this is the exception. And, and the vulnerabilities that were being described are still the vulnerabilities that exist today. If, if we can't print today because of a hurricane, there's the same problem because the output of a piece of paper is typically where the service is we give you the paper where the government service has us input and still need that exception service uh right now if the power was to go out so that, we, that hasn't changed we, we need <laughs> this comment from cameron making everybody chuckle cameron says i'm coming to pick mine up on friday morning we do have a caller on the line um charles just take take a minute to hold that thought caller yeah. Good morning and welcome to the program. Tell opinionated Cameron that Charlene say I am calling in for my reservation and you know I've been online, so I'm still before him. <laughs> A gentleman knows nothing about technology, but my name is Charlene Pitt. Hold my space. I come in by tomorrow morning <laughs> with my documents and paper and everything. Put Cameron behind me, it'd be number two. <laughs> Charlene Pitt. Oh, I'm excited. I'm oh excited. My God. Is this this is fantastic people are excited um good question marshall says what about caymanians living overseas yes hmm. that's also where the the online enrollment will come in handy yes uh, because they are entitled to to apply for the card mm-hmm and just a, again, another plug, please give us your feedback. We're so excited that you are happy to, and want to see this uh, moving forward. Visit imagine.egov.ky. Leave your comments there and tell us about why you, why you believe why, why it's a good idea. Thank you. Yeah, it's important that I think it's important that, you, that we get the positives and, and the, the concerns, yes. right? Yeah, absolutely. So Mariah says, since the card isn't rolling out until next year, fingerprinting should be incorporated and record keeping of newborn footprints and handprints should somehow be added to the children's ID. Oh, Lord. 
Mariah is all about the biometrics. She's like, give us the DNA sample. <laughs> give it to us all. Um, I like that we, we haven't touched delegated authority, but delegated authority is a concept that as a parent, you will have access to your children's information just because you're a parent up until 18 and at 18, that right will fall away. But there are vulnerable in our society that, that need care and need, need uh, guardians. Those delegated uh, measures that, that exist now, power of attorney, uh, court orders, et cetera, those will continue to persist and be recognized as delegated authority. Natasha's mm -hmm. okay, for, for mandatory um, cards as well. She says, noting the fiasco when many can't sign up for assistance because they have no valid ID. Good morning to Ms. Ravina. Um, Damien was talking about the billion population. Nope, that's a different country. Um, let me just see. El Ray says, will my ID card give me a discount on my CUC bill? <laughs> no. El, El Ray, you know, I have to ask El Ray a question. I'm going to have to ask him this off air, but he got a little bee in his bonnet with him and CUC. I want to know what happened to the two of them. They must have had some kind of falling out, man. Oh, my goodness. All right, lots but, of questions. But but it's an interesting one because um, you know companies could use latch onto the ID card for their own purposes, like you know discounts or whatever. I mean, one, a, a most a, a probably the most common example would be a case where if you're going, you know, the tourism tax. Um, mm -hmm. If you go to a hotel locally, if you can prove that you're you're Caymanian or, or you're as a, then you're not, you don't have to pay that tourism tax, I believe is the scenario. And it, it can do that. And we also really haven't talked about the ability for third parties to build other things that benefit from the ID. So the government is issuing you a verifiable, verifiable ID, mm -hmm. but there could be other services. So the gentleman earlier talked about students and it could be bus cards. It could be school lunches that that they're apps that are recognized where a parent could pay for for whatever the, the child has accumulated if they're using their ID to validate as themselves. But that is layers that the private sector now can take and and, and build. You know, payment by phone. Uh, th those are all private sector initiatives that that they can leverage once this is issued to, right. to individuals. So Cameron says, uh, we've been talking about it for a while. Public education is very, very important in everything that we do um, that has national implications and concerns. So that's why they're here this morning, folks. Um, yeah, Janetta yeah. says, um, or it can be mandatory as of the age of 18 so that you're capable of opening a bank account, getting a job, transportation. So she's already seeing um, the expansion of this in her mind's eye. Well, and, and I think that, you know, we, we say, and we think of 18 naturally, but we also recognize that kids in high school, you know, tend to start getting involved in internships and, and mm -hmm. summer jobs and various other things. So it, the, the reality is the benefits can start even earlier than that. Yes. Cameron says facts. Anna, don't see uh, who most of the people Anna see every day. Oh, sorry. Anna, don't know. Who most of the people want to see every day mandatory and I like mandates, eh? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it's, 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 Cameron, you know, so funny. Cameron said, have, um, go ahead. 
You go. If we're going to soon get Sandy to call the FBI and the Pentagon and Irby. <laughs> so lots of people, Ms. Ravina is, is all in favor of having the fingerprint elements. It's, it's really interesting to see. I don't know who your focus groups were, but a large degree of our callers on the program are saying, number one, make it mandatory. Number two, include some of the biometric elements. It was actually for us that uh, more of the elderly side of the population had no problem with fingerprints. You know, they're like, listen, I, I haven't done anything wrong. I, you need to verify, verifiably know that I didn't do that. Yes. Uh, and that's, that was the sentiment. So uh, Damien says, uh, Dr. Google in the house, the Estonian Police and Border, Contr Border Guard Board has announced that biometrics will be applied to the Estonian Citizens Card and EU Citizens Card starting um, from 2021. So I guess they've done that already, which means that the design of the card ID will change, fingerprints will be collected, and biometrics will be applied to the chip. Very interesting. I mean, there's technology out there that you can... Um, you can even get what they call biometric on chip verification. Um, I mean, these things obviously have a cost, and they have, but they have benefits. And I think it's it really comes down to what our society is ready for, what our society can benefit and take advantage of. And um, you know, these we can evolve with the times, but I think we also have to to recognize that there's a balance to be had between those of us that would maybe on the more uh, extreme edge of how far we want to go with it and those that are on the the most conservative edge and, and what's the majority there in the middle and yeah what, what we have to realize is that estonia is is having the debate of let's not even include a person's face on an id card yeah. that that's mm -hmm. the level of maturity that they don't need the person's face because there's so many digital services everywhere you go you just plug your card in and they're consuming that number they they remember their id code number just by heart that nobody needs face face recognition at, at all i mean I, I've, I've been to Estonia a couple of times i want to tell you it, it's it's impressive uh everything from their education system through and how they've integrated the technology in general mm -hmm. uh, but I also recognize there is a very different culture, different, mm -hmm. you know, and different background. Um, I think the thing that that I liked probably most of all, though, was technology was enabling life. Mm -hmm. It wasn't. It didn't feel intrusive on you. And I, something that really stood out to me was I remember we were at a conference, um, e-governance conference for in Estonia, and there. Prime Minister from whatever spoke, and she was, you know, it was, we were really impressed. She was knowledgeable, she was, a, and she, uh, on the subject and so forth. Mm. Afterwards, talking to some folks, and they were saying, well, they weren't, you know, some of the Estonians, they weren't very impressed at all. And we said, well, why, you know, I said, mm -hmm. why is she talking about technology? This isn't about technology. This is about how I get another half an hour to spend with my kids because of the efficiency that mm -hmm. I. Giving me back, and you know, it's, it's an enabler. I said, okay, I can appreciate where you guys are, but you're 25 years into this. We're we're not. <laughs> yes. We're junior to you, and, and so for us, it is still about getting past uh -huh. the points that you went through probably 15 years ago. Yeah, the infancy stage. So Cameron wants to know if other BOTs have uh, this system, or I guess national IDs. Anything about what the other 
British overseas territories are doing. And let's be honest, most of them are, are just as behind as us. So I don't know if they're the the uh, I, I, I don't know to look at the EOTC that that is as as advanced as us. Mm -hmm. uh, Barbados has just introduced their digital ID. They've had a national ID for quite a while, and they've just introduced the digital component of that. Uh, and Jamaica is my understanding in the works of of, of doing something, but we are the most advanced uh, that I understand within our within our region. I think one of the things that really helped us that you know challenges some of the other places is actually having data protection uh, law in place. Mm -hmm. And I know we're we're not we're not fully um, as a country really appreciating of it yet, but um, that's that's a big deal actually. Mm. All right. Uh, El Ray says you can't let what if situations determine whether or not you do something. Good point. Cameron says the old fashioned mall road still works. Yeah, but we need phones. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to send the video videographer right now uh, to get a picture and some video footage for the evening news. That's how the world works, folks. Miss yeah. Alma says the national ID should be mandatory for all Caymanians. Uh, we are one of the few places that doesn't have a national ID. That's correct. Hmm. What a mess. Um, Jonathan, he says, I kind of like the idea. What? Of the ID, it should be able to specify who are the indigenous Caymanians from the paper Caymanians. Oh, Lord. Jonathan, look at Pandora's box you gone and opened this morning. And I think it should allow some kind of benefits for the indigenous Caymanians, something like free health care or UBI or something of the, something for the original Caymanians. What a mess. Uh, Damien says national airlines from those countries come to pick up their own nationalities and Ivan, they did? Estonia sent a plane here? I don't remember that. Uh, that's news to me, Damien. Um, Live says, leave it up to the professional. No need for to make it mandatory right now. They have their reasons. Hmm. Well, the politicians really are the ones who will make that decision. So Aliana says, my thing is, if the ID is connected to a database, it will tell you who you are, what you do as work. It should contain working, employment, pension, and healthcare information. So, so let, you know, again, like the, the concept of that relation between what's in the register and the, and, and the card and, and then what, where other information can be. But pension and healthcare is really, or health insurance are two interesting things. Today, the Caymans, you're, everyone is supposed to have those two items, basically, all adults working, et cetera. Um, and however, it's incredibly difficult for, under today's um, processes, for the government to ensure that everybody does have health insurance, for example, because you know you're you have insurance with company A, and while you're working for company A, they have insurance with this company. You leave, so and then you you show up over here with this other employer with this other insurance company, and how does how does the health regulatory uh, or health insurance commission try to ensure that? you're not in a situation where you're not not availing or, or not or don't have health insurance available to you um whereas if we start with and it's and you with pensions for example you have your if you're 
names are transposed or any other fact, it can be very difficult to connect the dots between and to ensure that persons get access mm -hmm. to the benefits and so forth. So it, there are many different things that, that we can benefit as people from having the ID and the ID code that is persistent with us. You know, think about uh, persons that may have had a pension or in, in their maiden name, mm -hmm. gotten married using a new name, but there's not an obligation to register that name. Um, and to update the uh, to, You know, in more in, in the general registry. However, with the, with the identity register, you would be able to update that and have that reflected so officially. And, you, and it's linked back to the same ID code. So there's persistence mm -hmm. with your identity over time. Wow. Looks like you guys might have to come back another day because I really need to get to this Miss Cayman issue. We have someone just said, listen, I need a, I got a flight to catch. I'm ready to talk about Miss Cayman. <laughs> All right, Cameron, we'll do a few more comments and then wrap things up. Cameron says at this stage, our vulnerability outweighs um, any exceptions. Um, Damien is saying a survey should have been done before this was rolled out. Well, they did focus groups, but of course, I keep telling government, y'all don't want to believe me, guys, that the biggest focus group in the world are listeners right here um, on this show because you get people from all walks of life um, tuned into the program. Tracy's puzzled. She said, how can someone not have a valid ID? Uh, you're now, that's another question for another day about what are we? Are we British or BOTC? We're actually BOTC. Uh, Juanita says, what is required for the ID card? And what if you have a disability or a disabled adult and can't read or write? Um, will there be, what will be the outcome for that disability person? It sounds good to me. So she's on board just some sort of finer questions about if someone has a disability, um, they can't read or write, how will you go about? It'd be possible for them to have the idea. Yeah. Yes, okay. Uh, Jerry wants to know if this will make other government IDs invalid, uh, those that have already been verified like passports and voters ID. No, no. it wouldn't invalidate an ID. No. All right, so uh, Moya says it expires and they're not financially able to apply for a new one. Remember that there are many people living in the Cayman Islands in poverty and live hand to mouth. So this is about other forms of ID that cost money because yeah. I think most passport costs money. Mm -hmm. um, I guess the only one that doesn't is your voter's ID. Um, but passports and driver's licenses cost money. Uh, Denny, that's probably going to take more time. Maybe we'll save that for a part two of this program. Miss um, Hornsby is here. She says, good morning, Massive. Hello. All right, uh, gentlemen, I would love to keep you on longer, but you've been on for a while already. <laughs> and like I said, we got to dissect some stuff that has been happening with Miss Cayman. So she's going to kick you off with her high heels this morning of the program. Um, let's talk about a GPS feature. Ooh, y'all are thinking, y'all are thinking really hard this morning. Um, yeah, we, we love it. Listen, we're all on board for the National ID Program. We appreciate you guys taking the time to come on the show today go through some preliminary points. As you get closer to launch date, shall we have you on again, just to refresh everyone's minds, let them know about the rollout protocols, where you're gonna be and all those types of details. You know, do a proper um, educational campaign on this because I think ultimately that is required. Um, Cameron says, I think Cameron's trying to be cheeky here. Tell Ian and Matt <laughs> that they can take the rest of the day off. Uh, very informative. Cameron thinks that you filled your quota for 
um, civil service work for the day. World class this morning. And ID confusion. Oh, thank you so much, Sandra. This has been a great opportunity for us to talk to your uh, listen, listening viewers. Um, very interesting platform to do this, you know, online and have their comments and be able to show slideshows. Thank you very much for facilitating this uh, with uh, your listeners. Um, and we really have enjoyed the opportunity to come before you and, and share some key information on what we think is a transformational set of bills uh, mm. that will leverage uh, the Cayman Islands into a new era and give the, the foundational possibilities for new things to happen and identify, sorry, uh, achieve the, the digital, that we close the digital gaps, the, the persons that are most vulnerable among us that need those ideas uh, that they'll be able to have access to those ideas. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Really appreciate you. Ian, some final thoughts? Yeah, thanks for, you know, it's been been great. I, I, my problem is generally trying to keep it down and not talking too much about it because obviously I've been immersed in this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I think it, I, I really see the benefits to our people. But um, I think one of those benefits that we didn't get to talk about is how much time the digital signature capability can save you. Yeah. We did a quick test in the office where with the, the traditional print, sign, scan, email mm -hmm. approach versus just open, sign, email on the, um, the mobile app. And the difference without any sort of delays, I'm trying to be quite efficient uh, with the board process, was 86 seconds for one signature. If you do three signatures a day you know, in a work environment, five days a week, and if you did this, the difference would create to over two working days a year in saving just doing that. So I mean, I, you know, I think I'll leave with that. Time savings. We're all looking for that. Uh, Jonathan, he's so funny. He says, put the information in the compass. And Damien says, talk about a waste of a paper. Y'all behave now. <laughs> um, <laughs> everybody's perplexed, including me, why uh, certain things are still happening over there. But anyway, we'll discuss that once our guests have left. Remember, there's certain things we don't talk about in front of guests. Y'all need to learn how to behave. Um, Charles Brown, a.k.a. Matt Brown, on a good day. Thank you so much. Ian Tibbetts, e-government director. They've joined the program today. This is both of their first time on the Cold Hard Truth. You guys were, you behaved yourself for the most part. You That's were right. um, very good. You asked a lot of uh, good logical questions. And we would definitely like to extend an invitation for them to come back on the program because undoubtedly, as we start to think more about this and it sits with you a bit more, I think that there will be um, some questions that are come out of this. Now, listen, if you feel very, very passionate about the fact that this should be mandatory for everyone. Talk to your MPs, talk to the PAC government. They're the ones who make that political decision. That's not a decision for essentially the administrators and the people who are the thinkers of how to rule it out. There are certain types of decisions that they really do not make. So their focus group was a little bit like, oh, we don't know. So they went off the focus group, but like I said, Maybe the focus group wasn't really, I mean, I don't know where they got a focus group from, but maybe they're not, um, you know, a true representation of the Caymanian population. So that's where now you've got your political remit that you can go back to. So thank you, uh, gentlemen, so much. As you can see, we didn't bite on the program. And uh, you know what? We, we try to have fun here. Even when we're talking about serious matters and we try to educate people, you can always inject us a little bit of fun and humor into your lives. Thank you, gentlemen. Have a fantastic day. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you and your listeners. All righty. So that's a world-class civil service right there for you, folks. Lots of questions, lots of answers. Check out their website.
Uh, they have put up quite a bit of information um, for you guys to get access to. And now we're going to switch gears, honey chill. Woo, Miss K-Man is making me talk more about her than I ever wanted to. Let's take a commercial break, shall we? And let's come back and do it. Tis the season to advertise your business's holiday specials and sales events. Don't miss out on Cayman's number one social media, talk show, and website platforms to spread your message to thousands of people locally and abroad. Christmas dining and entertainment venues? Call us today. Retail shopping for special friends and family? Call us today. Christmas rentals and accommodations? Call us today. Cayman's number one news platform is the best way to reach the largest available audience, resulting in more sales for your business. Contact CMR today at sales at caymanmarlroad.com or 324-1612. Recover personal injury attorneys, helping injured people get what they deserve. Did you know that insurance companies have lawyers that represent their interests? Before signing and accepting any settlement, know your rights. Call us today for a free consultation at 924-9999. That's 924-9999. Recover. Your personal injury attorneys are on standby to assist. Crichton Properties is one of Cayman's most trusted real estate companies for over 50 years. We offer a diverse selection of property listings and help our clients navigate the world of buying or selling their properties with confidence. Crichton is a name you can trust with our excellent customer service and family-friendly touch. Contact us today to list your home, land, or condo for sale by calling 949-5250 or email info at crichtonproperties.com. Crichton Properties, a trusted Cereba member. Are you tired of overpaying for TV services? Can't figure out VPNs? Constantly missing your favorite TV shows? And no access to the good stuff on streaming services? The frustration is real, but it doesn't have to be. Contact Roke, K-Man's streaming pros. We'll put you back in the driver's seat in front of your TV. Call, WhatsApp, or message Roke today on 926-1213. Roque is not a TV service provider. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, Kevan, los saluda Pinche Yoyo, The Energy. Y estás escuchando The Cold Heart Truth con la voz del pueblo, Sandra Hill. Todas las mañanas, 7.30 AM, only on Bobo, 89.1 FM. All right, folks. Cameron says, you better buy Chuck some lunch today because, yes, honey child, we are well into some OT. OMG, let's get it. All right. Well, Miss K-Man is just the, the, she is the gift that just keeps on giving. I mean, honest to God, I, I don't even know at this point uh, what to say, but we're going to say it anyway. Ay, ay, ay. What a hot mess. Okay. So she is, she's special. Can we at least give her that much? She's definitely special. And, you know, I sit back and I, I watch her behavior and sometimes I'm a little bit puzzled because I think to myself, is it a situation where the child just loves attention? And so the more attention we give her, she's actually eating it up. Mm, yum, yum, yum. Like those yummy brownies that I make. Because you know when I make brownies, everybody, everybody be looking at the plate. When I make my special 
um, dessert that I don't even know the name of. Everybody loves it. People like eating, licking their fingers and the crumbs and everything. Because it's just that salacious and it's that good. So maybe this honey child just, just loves her a good, you know, attention. Like I, it's one of the explanations that would have a lot of sense to it. All right. So yesterday I'm minding my own business as I usually am, believe it or not. And somebody messages me and they're like, Sandy, what is Miss Cayman doing traveling overseas, going to a beauty pageant? And I was like, what? <laughs> you know me. I'm like, huh? Let me read that message again. I had a beauty and they send me the link. Now she has CMR blocked for her on Instagram. So we can't say anything from her Instagram account, but I hope she knows that we, we have people, Joe. We have people, we have sources. We can see everything you're doing because you're putting it out there for the world to see. And once the world can see it, just assume that CMR can see it as well. Well, you know, she can't quietly go anywhere. She wouldn't be the type of person that would quietly travel to a pageant and not post it up, not want to make herself the center of attention by talking about how wonderful, you know, all these beauty pageants queens did and owe accolades to them and preparing us for the Miss World pageant as though she was going. Mm -hmm. That's her all over the whole attention thing. It's just like so wild and so crazy. So anyway, my love, somebody sent it to me. And I was just like, wow, this child is, is really, really special in so many ways. And you know us, we're going to ask the question. So we saw it and we emailed the Miss Cayman committee. Here, here's, her, here's what she put up. Hold on. This is what she put up on her Instagram. I'm excited. I must tell you, you know how to dress. I'm excited. And the goal. I'm excited. This is the saddest thing for me about Miss Cayman, right? Because she has the potential. She has the outward appearance. She could have been a really good queen, minus all the other foolishness. But you know what I mean? The potential is there. It's the substance that is lacking. My goodness. I'm excited. She's someone she's excited. So she must have took somebody with her who can record her. And she's excited to be there representing Cayman. I'm sure. This child is supposed to be keeping a low profile. She's excited. And she's supposed to be keeping a low profile. Lord Jesus, what is wrong with this girl? Anyway, she does this big Instagram post with all sorts of comments um, on it. Let me see now if I can find where that one is, where she's going on and on about how she owes congratulations to the winners and what an experience and da da da, da and you guys are so fabulous. Uh-huh. So we were like, hold on a second. She doesn't have on her sash, so we know it's not an official event in that sense of the word, but she is still there representing the Cayman Islands in some way, shape, or form because you are the misreading uh, Cayman Islands universe. The government has told you to keep a low profile, honey child. What part of keep a low profile do you not comprehend? Because surely 
going looking fabulous, standing up in front of the Miss Trinidad and Tobago sign, right? Where you're having your picture taken and then, you know, congratulating the winner, tagging the winner, tagging the Miss Cayman Trinidad Tobago, the entire Miss World pageant there in Trinidad and Tobago. Folks, that is not the definition of keeping a low profile. By no stretch of the imagination. And then you have committee members who are liking this, which begs the question that I have yet once again, what are these committee members thinking and what are they doing? So apparently she left for Miami on Thursday because like I said, we asked the question and we got our sources. Here she is. This is a picture of her. (laughs) Okay, man. Going and boarding the plane with her suitcase and her handbag and her heels and her jeans and her jacket and the weave and everything headed to Miami to go from Miami to Trinidad for the weekend for a pageant. Oh, Lord Jesus. Look at the information that we just got. People on the flight with her. They were thinking she was just going to Miami to just get some R&R and relax and keep a low profile. No, she was not. She was en route to this pageant in TNT. Wow. This girl got more nerves than a bad toothache. Anyway, there she is. Going to board her beautiful Cayman Airways. Now, I want y'all to think about this for a second. Because when I tell you that the child has an attention whore situation, now don't y'all be calling off reg and me because Sandra used the whore word. It's called an attention whore. It's just a word. And it means an attention seeker. Y'all know what it means. Y'all be like, oh, Sandy, use this word. Offreg, please call her in. Listen, when someone is an attention seeker, they do certain things that for those of us who are people watchers, we see as very, very obvious. You know what else happened this weekend? She did not go to represent Cayman for the LAX inaugural flight. So again, this is someone who's craving attention so much. Here's the beautiful young lady that went. Miss Grizel, remind me of her first name, Haley. Haley Grizel. She looks beautiful, by the way. I love a good jumpsuit, honey chill. Second runner-up. Doesn't she look fabulous? There she is on the plane with none other than Honorable Kenneth Bryan. So you see now shady little shady boots over here. She's upset that they didn't let her go with all of this foolishness that she's been going on with, kick, kickboxing, police, and whatever else she's been doing, right? Her whole court fiasco. So she has to seek attention away from the country's business and a good representative. Here is little Miss Haley behaving herself over here. No drama. Beautiful young lady, by the way. Um, and I hear one bad thing about Haley uh, Grizel yet. She's not beating nobody up. She's not out there writing stuff in these WhatsApp groups, which we're going to get to here in just a second. That's drawing all of this unnecessary attention to herself. She's not doing any of that. So shady boots, Tiffany Connolly don't want the attention taken off of her. So she needs to go jump on a flight, go to where? Trinidad and Tobago and post it up. For 361 of you to like this post from over the weekend, the pageant there. Because, oh, heaven forbid, 
that y'all see how many people are liking Haley's picture, which must have gone over 500, right? When we put up that she was going to represent the Cayman Islands. That got a lot of views, honey child. Let me see if I can find it to show you what I'm talking about. So she's always about attention. Oh, don't take the attention off of me. Keep it on me. Keep it on me. Me, 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 me. Ugh. I don't know what those judges were thinking, and I don't know why they couldn't see through this. They need some biometric glasses is what they need. So, um, yes, this is the hot mess. So we sent an email to the committee, and I said, all right, I'm not going to make any assumptions about anything. I'm simply going to ask the question. She was in Trinidad and Tobago. Can you please advise if this was an official trip? Did you guys pay for her to go? Because I see committee members again liking the post. So it's not like the committee members didn't know she was there. Whether they gave her permission or not is a whole other question, but I am asking the question, is this official? Did she go in her capacity? What is this? Well, in true committee fashion, and if there was ever reason to disband this committee, I pray to God that the minister is now listening because he really needs to step up to the plate and finally do something about this committee because they have become a joke, okay? And I don't care who's offended by it. The whole situation is now a big laugh and we, the people, the ones who have pie all over our faces, it is time to do something about this committee. What are they going to have to do for something to finally be done? My gosh. So they don't respond to our email. It was sent earlier in the day. We get zero response. But what happens? By six o'clock, they're sending out a press statement saying that, oh, now Miss Chloe Powery Doxy is going to be representing the Cayman Islands at the Miss Universe pageant. Well, well, well. Do explain why the same committee who about two weeks ago was like, nope, we're not going to make any decisions yet. We've got a legal team, yaddy, 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 blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, we have to wait on the outcome of the trial. Buying all this time, they were not prepared to do anything, right, about Miss, um, the current reading Miss Cayman. Why all of a sudden yesterday was there a change? What happened? Anybody curious but me? It is a very peculiar situation. Yeah, something must have changed. And the only thing that I know that changed is that we ask the question, what is Ms. Cayman doing in Trinidad and Tobago? Even if she's not there in an official capacity, she is still known as Miss Cayman Universe. Her promise to keep a low profile, not to make any public appearances, blah, blah, blah. This clearly, yet again, runs afoul of that. But she's a young lady who does not care about following the rules. Two days after the ministry agreed with the committee that she would not make any public appearances. She'd keep a low profile that was in everybody's best interest. What did she do? She went and gave an interview to the Telemundo guy two days after that. She doesn't care about your rules. She doesn't care about the rules of this country. 
And she doesn't care about the rules of the pageantry either. So this was just a grab for attention, honey child. That's all this was. Ooh, put that attention in me. Because apparently, Chloe was getting too much attention. Wow. <sighs> Lord have mercy. Y'all need to have this make some sense to me. Uh, good morning, caller. Welcome uh, good to the program. Oh, gosh. Oh, caller, you're killing me with that sound. Can you turn? Can you turn it down? Not, not Chloe, but um, Haley. My Chloe, but, um, okay, all right, folks. If you call, you got, you got to make sure that the phone is off because then I can't hear you, and that noise is literally killing my ear. That was killing my ear hole. Let's try it again. Good morning, caller. Hello. Good morning, Sandra. How are you? Hi, how are you? I am fine. I'm listening to the Miss Cayman problem. Mm -hmm. Do you know who this is? Um, okay, well. <laughs> yes. I'm, catch, I'm catching the voice, Do I believe. Okay, do you know mm -hmm. that I am, that I work training and I'm almost a professional national director pageant? Mm -hmm. Now, I went out to more pageants. Malta, mm -hmm. Turkey, mm -hmm. Russia, and Turkey. Mm -hmm. Now, going to a pageant is one thing, but when you're going there to retrieve with the contestant, this is where you learn everything. Mm -hmm. Now, I have all the documents there in the container, mm -hmm. and it was you who made me get up and go pick up that container this morning, and mm -hmm. I'm a rush to get up. Mm -hmm. Going to read what? As a national director, I want mm -hmm. you to listen to this. Mm -hmm. Entry must of good health and good moral character. Mm, mm, mm. Now, this is from the mock pageant. These mock pageants instructions come from the Miss Universe and the Miss World. Mm -hmm. This is how Jamaica and all the other countries train their young ladies. Mm -hmm. When this came here for Cayman, because they wouldn't accept me, Latitude and Shandani of Blue Diamonds of Jamaica, check the man out. Mm -hmm. Any Jamaican can tell you who he is. He said, well, they didn't have anything he wanted. So if they couldn't take me, he was taking us. Mm -hmm. So we got blacklisted on this one. And they wanted somebody with skills. Mm -hmm. No, I don't have all the paperwork in front of me. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you, even the judge, when they're asking for judges, it does say, I don't have everything, but I know they say artists, more mm -hmm. um, model, lawyers, um, business people mm -hmm. and the part that say politics should not be involved. I can show you all of this, mm -hmm. but me, you need to meet up. I, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have everything. I have everything. Mm -hmm. And all the people that I see on the Miss Cayman Committee, mm -hmm. they haven't been to Pajan. They know nothing about beauty. They know nothing about costume. Do you all know that we send the wrong information on our costume? You all may worry about why Reba win. Well, when you're doing these costumes, mm. a banana orchid is yellow, it's white and purple. Mm -hmm. It is small of yellow in the tongue. Mm -hmm. And why they say a banana orchid? Because when it is coming out, it comes up with the five fingers looking like a banana. 
Uh-huh. But it's not a banana happy just because it has the five fingers when a banana come up. Right. They, and they carry it alone, they carry it all kind of foolishness. Uh-huh. When you write that, uh-huh. you make sure you write the best. It's not only the costume, uh-huh. it's what details you send by, by them. So today we got on internet. Yesterday we didn't have it. Don't write foolishness because these people read everything. Uh-huh. 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 So, so the first thing I want to ask you all, how do you know that they know when you're not qualified and you're not free to enter a pageant? When you send a contestant, uh-huh. how do they can pick up if you're not free? Do you know how they do it? Tell us. <laughs> That's Khan, when you get off the plane, honey, uh-huh. and you're disqualified, being good. Uh-uh. And I know I've learned all of that. There's another question I'm going to ask you. Do you can you identify the three goblets that they talks about in the satin? And do you know who sits with the Duchess of Etiquette to see if the girl has learned or the young ladies have learned how to use knife and fork? Do you know the best people? Not only the Duchess of Etiquette, but who the Duchess of Etiquette has with her sitting while she's testing these contestants. Mm. And do you know the <laughs> Even, yes. even, even in terms of uh, oh, we got a little bit of interference in line. Even in terms of that, our Miss Cayman committee has dropped the ball. I mean, I've been giving them a blight for years now, not talking about how dysfunctional they were. And you know, some sometimes things are a little bit too close personally, and that's why I will. Oh gosh, Carla, I don't know what's going on with your phone, but let, let me let me hang up with those only comments that you have because we're getting a lot of interference on the line. You yeah. cannot blame the young people. Yeah. You know, you have to blame the committee members because yes. they put her there. Yes. They should have said to her, they spoiled her character, not her. They spoiled it. Well. They should have said to her, lady, go, yes. go do your um, cases. When you're clear, you come back to us. And I can tell you, if they had made, if they had did that right, mm-hmm. that is one young lady say she could have brought us home something. But they messed us up and they should be fired from their job, not and she should take over the job because it seems like she no more now. Have a good day, Sunday. <laughs> Thanks, my dear. Um, yeah, sorry, there's quite a bit of interference. I don't know what was going on with her phone, Miss Reba's phone, but um, let me just say this there's been a lot that has been happening with this committee for a really long time, and quite frankly, I have I have done my best to ignore a lot of this dysfunctionality. But even when Miss Reba was talking about etiquette, right? And sometimes I don't say anything because people assume, uh, let me give you an example of assumptions that people make. So this situation now about etiquette training, um, my good friend Melanie's had a protocol, right? So anything that happens at protocol, had a protocol, whatever, people assume that she must be the source of information. And she's not. She's a person who holds information very, very tight. Because she'll even say, Oh, Sandy, I heard you talking about that on your show. How did you know that? Mm, honey child. That's like right now. How do I know that we have how many MPs stuck in the Bahamas because the Bahamas flight got delayed? We have Jay, we have Mac, we have Isaac, and then Chris Saunders is over there on a vacation. That's four MPs. And all of them was trying to come back last night on a flight that almost, well, that had mechanical difficulties. Let's say it a nice way. What if that flight had gone down? We would have lost four MPs on a single flight. It looked like they don't even know anything about travel protocol for safety reasons. But let me just leave that right there. Y'all want to know how I know certain things? It's not how I know it. 
Just know that I know it. And don't be trying to blame people. So when it comes to this etiquette thing years ago, right? They had some issue. I would have to look up my notes on the details uh, with the head of protocol who is providing them with volunteer services to teach these young ladies how to properly use a knife and fork. Cause you know, a lot of them don't even know how to do that, honey child. So she left and then they got to bring in somebody and pay them for their services. Someone who has no protocol training, who don't even know what the hell they're doing. They go on YouTube, watch a few videos. Y'all need to tell me to hush this morning because if I start to let it out of the box, you'll see how dysfunctional this committee has been under the leadership of Derry Dakers for a very long time. And I'm sorry, Derry, that you seem to be taking this personal because she's going to ask people what beef I have with her. I don't have any beef with you on a personal level, Derry. I really don't. This is a matter of incompetence in this particular position. So we emailed y'all yesterday. You didn't even have the audacity to acknowledge or our email or answer the question. What is this woman doing in Trinidad and Tobago? You don't answer it. What you do instead is send out a press release to everybody saying, oh yeah, we've, um, we have now uh, decided to send the first runner-up to Miss Universe. Did you decide that? Or did Miss Universe tell you that they were not going to take her? Can we get a little bit of truth-telling around here? Did you decide it? Because... Finally, uh huh, Miss uh, Connolly, who continues to fly in the face of all of your rules, despite the fact that you like every single one of her posts and you're there giving her all the virtual hugs in the world and high fives. Finally, you recognize that this girl does not give a damn about you or your rules, and she's using every sing- single committee member to get to her eventual goal. Y'all cannot be so naive that you're allowing a 24-year-old to hoodwink you, right? Listen to me. One post about Haley Grizel got 29,664 people that it reached. Over 4,978 people engaged with this post. Yes. Y'all see what I'm telling you now about the attention that some people are seeking. There's no coincidence in my mind that this event was happening over the weekend. On last week, we were saying, oh, they're sending Haley on Friday. And then this girl thinking, oh, well, they're not going to send me anything this weekend. And somebody else is going, well, I'm going to go to Trinidad. And I'm going to be tagging the Miss World Trinidad Tobago. Um, I'm going to try the winner. I'm going to do this, all this attention seeking for herself. Like, seriously? Congratulations to the beautiful Haley. It's ridiculous. You know what else? Y'all want the truth? Lavana, Miss Reba, yes. Let me tell y'all something else that's going on with this committee. Because if y'all don't know the truth, you're not going to understand what's really going on with this committee. It is fraught with issues. Even this Chloe young lady has some issues. And it is so sad because she is beautiful. I think she's a gorgeous young lady. She could do things at this pageant. But you cannot enter a pageant when you yourself is under the microscope for your behavior. 
Now, there is such a thing as forgiveness and second chances, without a doubt. But there are also some things that are unacceptable and being swept under the rug by the committee. Look, yeah. This is Chloe. In a group. What's up, queens supporting queens? What's up, group? And look at how she is speaking about the other young lady, Tiffany Conley. Mm-mm-mm. Y'all, I gotta let y'all read it online. Those of you in the radio, let me not use this word again before they try and get me banned, honey child. But she says, anyone knows when this W goes to court? Also, what's the plan for Halloween? Woe, woe, and woe. This young lady has questionable behavior. You know how many people say to me, Sandy, she's no better? And I say, well, hold on now. I don't know who she is, but at least I don't see her name on the court list. She's not out there kung fu chopping people up. They say, yeah, you need, you need to dig a little bit deeper. And I've seen your comments on the YouTube government channel. Allegations of being kicked out of schools and about drug use and this and that. These are the beauty queens that we got in this country. Y'all need to come good. That is the best that we can do. Well, it appears that beauty must be skin deep because this committee not looking beyond that. Is it that they're so afraid that they won't have any contestants that they'll just take anything? Is that what this is really all about? Instead of having a quality pageant with, with four or five girls, they just take anything because we not got a choice. Because let me be very clear here. The one young lady that I don't hear anything about is this one. I don't hear her doing nothing. I don't hear her beating up people. I don't hear her about kicking police in the nuts. I don't hear her going around in these um, chat groups, bullying and harassing people. And you know, the saddest thing about it is once again, when it is brought to the attention of the committee, what is it that they do? Nothing. You don't think that these people brought this to Derry's attention? Yes, they did. And Miss Derry did and said, Nothing. Now, remember what I told you all a couple weeks ago? Giving you a prime example that someone had sent in about the prejudicial nature of this Cayman group of women? Hmm? About how just because we had a little girl, a little Seymour girl from Georgetown, just because she's black, I guess. I don't know. She's a little bit too black. And she's a Seymour and this and that. She shares on her Instagram stories a post from somebody else, you know. It didn't have no profanity or nothing in it. It was just kind of like, okay, like kind of ghetto fabulous or whatever. She gets an official email from Derry about you need to explain your behavior. We need an explanation. We need this. We need that. And yet people send Derry this one where this young lady is calling somebody else a meme. Somebody said it's insulting the modesty of a woman. Breaching her contract. You heard what Ms. Reba said about the morality element of the contract? Cyberbullying, the same foolishness that they had for the theme for this year? These queens not got no good moral character. In fact, when we highlighted the reason that she could not travel for Miss Universe the other day, or she could even go on this trip to, um, what do you call it now? She couldn't go on this trip to... Los Angeles was because she wasn't vaccinated. Her family members had the audacity to call people 
up in the committee about um who told that to my rug? We got we gotta get to the bottom of this. We gotta sue somebody. We wanna know who told them. Ignorance. Y'all need to step back. The last thing we need is another beauty queen surrounded by ignorant people. We've had enough of that. Again, I don't know who Chloe is and I don't know who her people are. But y'all, please, please do her a favor and step back with your foolishness. She sees the current queen, Tiffany, embroiled in all this kind of controversy. What on earth would possess her to make a comment like this, right? Knowing that she living in a glass house herself, I'm just saying, what would possess her to put this in a group chat? What is wrong with you people? Y'all don't think. What on earth? Huh? If you think this of the girl, if you think this of your competitor of Tiffany, keep it to your damn self. Don't even put it in a family chat. Because you all know people screenshot things and they share things. Huh? Chloe, you should be learning from the mistakes of Tiffany, not repeating the same mistakes. I tell you, what a hot mess this morning. So sad. Mm, mm, mm. Lord Jesus. Take the bus. Good morning, um, you already Carla. gone off here. You know, I don't know if you got you off or they just uh, oh, a commercial. Probably, I probably ran out of time, Charlie. Probably only gave me an extra hour. No, that's okay. what I was saying to you. Yeah. Um, mm. Sandra, can I say something yes. unrecorded? No, I'm still on air, honey, I- child. I'm on air. I'm still, okay. I'm still live, so if you if you don't want anybody else no, to no, hear it. No, no, I don't, I don't. No, you call me That's back later, I'm still live. Okay, okay, you're still on, but you're not on radio. Yes, it seems like they probably only gave me the one hour and that was it. Okay, okay. All right, my dear okay, child. All right. Yes, folks, don't call in now if you if we still live. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what happened. Mm-mm-mm. What a bunch of foolishness. So anyway, um, all I can say is um, the Miss Cayman Committee continues to be a hot mess. Um, you know, Tiffany continues to be a hot mess. I don't expect that to change. She put up this comment about how um, surprises were coming she, this is in response to the fact that she will not be going to Miss Universe. She says, phew, as, <laughs> as though she's actually happy about it. Um, it's been extremely hard holding this in. How lucky am I to get to share this experience with not just one, but both of my runner-ups? Chad, please, go sit the hell down. Now that we're off the radio, let me just tell y'all what I really think. Because, you know, radio is subjected to ICTA foolishness. This girl needs to sit the fuck down. I'm sorry, but seriously, phew, phew, oh, I'm so glad I get to share this experience with everybody. This journey has taken many unexpected turns, my rascal behind. This girl, she just needs to shut up. I don't know why y'all don't disengage her from social media. Somebody else just sent me this saying they must have sat down listening to the show. Because this is her right now. Like I said, can't shut up. This is her posting. 
Um, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is how social media works. Please be mindful of what you share and say on here. Ah, Lord have mercy, girl, just give it up already. No, sir. They're here listening to the show and running and talking about, oh, this is how social media works. Really? You don't know how it works already? No, sir. Somebody says, looks like the only one with any class in real beauty is Haley. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, y'all might want to look at the second runner up now, y'all. Scandal in the house again. Mm-mm-mm. Jonathan says maybe it was just a swimsuit pageant. I, I I don't even know. I mean, I just honestly don't know. What the criteria were, only God knows. Cameron said, what does say ego stands for again? Uh, Jonathan says no official government titles. The question I have, though, is I do have a question about this. Does this mean that she has been stripped of the title? Because... Again, they do such a poor job with their press releases. They said, oh, she's not going to represent us for Miss Universe. Does that mean that she's no longer Miss K-Man Universe 2022? Oh, now did I answer that question? Let me check my emails because I did email them back and say, for clarification purposes, can you confirm if Tiffany has lost the title? Because your press release don't mean nothing. Mm. <sighs> no, sir. All right, let me see if they've responded to my email this morning. No, 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 12.03 a.m., nothing from them. So they've not answered the question whether or not she is still technically Miss Cayman. Mm. Al says the artist always goes against the green. Is that her excuse? Okay. If you say so. Biometrics freshen on a face. Sandy Naize. <laughs> ah, Jonathan says, I thought that one in the picture was knocked up. The one in the picture with Kenneth. What? Wait. Jonathan. Don't be rude. Knocked out with what? I'm telling you, she might be the only viable opportunity for us to have good representation that's not tainted by some scandal. Life says the committee doesn't care about following the rules either. That is patently clear. My God. Mm, mm, mm. No, sir. Mm, mm, mm. Jonathan says when they make that digital ID, they should know all the girls' information before they enter the pageant from here on out. Yeah, they probably won't be checking that in jail. What a mess. And I bet every single one of them were in the casino having a good time. And Trinidad? I don't know. What casino? So Cameron says, you stay there. These young girls have enough hoodwinked around. Yeah. Well, I don't know. All I'm telling you is um, 
there's been a lot of chatter around Chloe as well that should give the committee a lot of pause. They should really be pausing with a view to like, uh, is she a true representative of what we want to, what scandal next? Y'all need to go and have a look at what people have been saying, honey, Jill. It's horrible. <laughs> Can I tell my tell Charlene? See what she got to say. No, she wants to say it off air. Anyway, folks, um, poor Raymond is so shocked. He's like, what? <laughs> Cameron said, I didn't know Sandy. No, them kind of bad words. Jeb, please. Um, no, honey child, that child, that young lady is not pregnant. I don't know who you, I don't know what kind of knock that you talking about. Uh, but she's not. There's a, there's someone who's on the committee that's pregnant, but that's not her. That's like a committee member who gives the young ladies advice or whatever. So that's not her. Oh, Gabby's like, right? I have me over here grabbing my pearls. <laughs> Sandy, I listening. All I can say is I feel bad for both girls. It's sad. Don't get upset. I know how you feel. We love our girls. This has nothing to do with love, honey gel. This is a little bit of tough love. Oh, you're talking about the MPs in the Bahamas. My apologies, Jonathan. I had no idea what you're talking about. My apologies. Yes, they probably in the casinos, some of them. Um, yes, ladies, clutch your pearls, clutch your handbag, clutch your man, clutch your children, because apparently some of these pageant girls are just not up for it. They Any other place in the world, they would have been disqualified already. So now... Because I know that Derry has seen this message. People have talked to Derry about this. And she has chosen to ignore them despite their concerns about Chloe. Y'all know what I got to do. Just like I did with Tiffany. I got to put the cold hard truth up on the internet. I got to put it out there for y'all to see. This is what we want representing the Cayman Islands. Well, if y'all are happy with it, then by all means, it's okay. Once y'all are like, okay, well, we don't care. If our young girls are saying this, ironic how the how the committee can run to the police talking about they're being cyber bullied, but yet they're going to allow the next runner up to say this. They're made aware of it and they do nothing about it. Zero, zilch, nada. In fact, they end up promoting her after this was came to their attention. Mm-mm-mm. They said Derry was told about it. She was told this is on the streets. She was shown the, the screenshot and explained that it would bring further scandal and mess to the pageant. And guess what? They're so oblivious. This committee. I, I, I want to live in their world for just a minute where you can be so oblivious to the realities of your actions. Huh? Seriously. No, sir. I have more questions than I have answers this morning. Anthony says, better watch out that the kickboxer waiting around the corner for you, honey child. Ooh, ooh, Anthony. Y'all know that I'm not really a fighter. I'm actually a lover. But I wouldn't recommend anybody put their hands on me. Because let's just say that I have a lot of pent up 
anger that would be willing to come out for the right person. Make her touch me with her kickboxing self and she going to see something. She ain't get a Charles Whitaker style ass whooping is what she going to get. All in the name of self-defense, of course, because once you touch me, the gloves coming out. I got box you, your children and your grandchildren down that you don't even have yet. Your future children. Don't put your hands on me, honey child. You can look at me and think Sandra can't hurt a fly, but you must remember I come from good Georgetown stock, honey child. Them Mac feels not easy. Them rockets not easy. Technically, I'm related to them adjacently. I'm not a rocket. But the craziness all stems from the same set of family members. So no, I wouldn't recommend she try to kickbox me or even look at me too hard. Mm, that wouldn't be good for you. I not a poor father from West Bay who not gonna box you down. I was talking to my aunt about this yesterday or the day before. She's so funny. She in her 70s, honey child. She said, him, he needed another lick because he not got enough of a lick to really box her down. I had to laugh when my aunt said it. I said, no, man. He was trying not to, like, he's very aware of how this was going to look on his part. But you know them old people, they're not business. They say, what? She not buck up on the right person yet, you know? You make her try that foolishness. She from West Bay, she should know. They said, Dope knew who frightened child. I have to believe it. Dope knew who to frighten. Because believe me, you... She do that to the right father and the right son. And the police would be coming to pick her up off the friggin' floor. Not coming to take pictures of you with your poor shirt all torn up. Like you wanted them, um, uh, what do you call it? In a Tarzan movie, you know, where you your clothes half hanging off. When I saw the, the picture in the little bundle and stuff, the evidence bundle, I was like, oh my God, poor him. He made this girl come and beat him up, headbutt him, mash up his glasses, uh, kick his son in the nuts, bite him. And all they could do is try and hold this girl off. No, man, she need a good thumping from somebody. She not had it yet. I would knock some of her frigging teeth out for her. Jeez, I'm peace. No, sir. I do not advocate violence, honey child. But when somebody stepped to you like that, you have a right to defend yourself. My aunt, her seven is, and she keep a baseball bat right there by the front door. She said, you come in here thinking you're going to rob me and you're going to see what you can freaking get. I say, yes, auntie, you lick I'm good with it. Knock him out with that baseball bat. Mm-hmm. That me standards, you know. They just as crazy as us George Zanners, jail. But anyway, I'm not worried about it. You know, like I said, people like that know who to step to. My God, what a mess we in. Anyway, beautiful people, uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Thanks to the guys over at the National ID um, Section E-Government for getting ready now to roll out. Miss Lucy, so Sandy, I'm, I'm saying laughing my head and looking on uh, thick love you. Miss <laughs> Lucille, Whew, they, would, they would see the George Tana. The um, Bodentana and everything in between come out of me that day. Tell me, you're going to be boxing me and knocking my glasses off. Well, I don't need them to see that far, honey child. I don't need them to make contact with your frigging head. That's one thing for sure. No, honey, I would take my glasses off. You're not going to break up my glasses. I would take them off and say, come, come. 
You think you bad, sister? You bring it. Take your heels off. Take your jewelry off. You know that when you're getting serious, when you're taking off your jewelry. Right-minded people leave the rings on. Because with the rings, you know, when you box somebody with that, that can leave an imprint. I'd have to get my coat of arms ring and put that on so I can leave a coat of arms right on her cheek. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know what to say anymore. I am so done with this committee. Can somebody please just fire them? Scratch it and start over. Minister, you have an obligation now. This is getting out of hand. You know that you're not supposed to be making any public appearances, whether she's wearing the sash or not. And then she turns around and tags it for thousands of people to see on Instagram. Why? What is wrong with her? It's because of yoga problems. And that is not... Oh, she's live right now? You all lie. Y'all are lying to me. Having came what not the fuck? Just because I couldn't Hold on. So Hold on. She is live right now. Stop the presses. And she will be going. Oh, shit. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, we got it. We got it. We got it. We got it. I I don't know how to explain it because I know that every time I say it, people kind of the girl is live saying that. But I, I tell you, she love attention. She got thirty six people watching. She's trying to compete with CMR. Enter this again, like you were this, you were there. Like for me, the first time I entered, I got second runner up. And this girl, first time ever doing a pageant, got first uh -huh. runner up. Of course, of course she, she has, has what it takes. takes. Of course, you know. You know? And, and everything happens for a reason. reason. I say this all the time. So how can I then? She is live. Okay, so I am aware of the situation. I am happy for the situation. Mm, stop your fucking mind. I, I need to focus on Peace of Paradise. Like, it's my baby, and she's... she's what a freaking you know, liar. She needs some loving. She needs some real loving. Who, 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 print, who, um, thank who? you. That's my point. I need you guys to, the same ones who rally behind me, I need you to rally behind her. And it's Team Cayman at the end of the day. You don't go up there with your name. So Yes, you do, honey, Jam. You go up there as your country, and that mm. is the point. So I need everyone to be Team Cayman and send in your votes, send in whatever the format is this year, be a part of it, be active, and support mm -hmm. her. Because I... I know what it's no, like sir. to not win. No child. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. The fact that she gets to go and I won is like we both get to experience this. And that's my point. I want us to both experience this. And I, 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 I'm really hurting when I see people saying things like they don't want her to go. I understand and I appreciate your support. Child, please. Nobody not saying that. You want me to go. You're on my team. But she shouldn't be going day, for I'm other reasons. So if you're on my team, you're on her team. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, liar. Um, uh, I also want to say happy, happy birthday to my 
number one supporter. If you have watched my crowning video, you know who I'm talking about. It is the voice that is screaming in the background from start to finish. My cousin Brianna, happiest of birthdays mm -hmm. to you. May God bless you. And Happy keep birthday, you Brianna. All the love and support that you extended to me. May all 28 people know. To you and I appreciate you every single day. Mm -hmm. I actually need to respond to your message right now. But <laughs> anyways. And to wrap this up. Again, thank you to everyone who's been supportive mm -hmm. of me. I'll tell you about this guy. And like I said in the love beginning attention. of this video. I'm very much so still an advocate for mental health. And I'm yeah, also you better be. You better try to get some on handling my own struggles. So, thank you for everyone who's been had time to get up, put on makeup, and everything. That. Yes, and understanding that mm, I'm human mm, too. Yes, and if honey, there was a way you are. To undo your past mistakes, I'd be the first to know about it and the first in line. To then, why it. you not apologize to them people but yet? We can only live and grow from our mistakes. Really? And Why you not apologize to the man for beating him and his son up? Why have you not offered to pick? I love my younger sure. self and I love everything she's gone through. No, sir. I'm appreciated. Um, I appreciate everything that she has gone through to get me where oh, I yeah. am. I would not be able to be the person I am if she was not the person she was. And I cannot be mad and hate her for not mm. knowing any better because mm. every day that I learn and I grow from mistakes mm. is because I have um, I've experienced life and I'm not able to experience life in reverse. So anytime I've made a mistake, I've learned from it mm. and I've tried to correct my actions and I'm seeing that happen in real time. And that's the only time we can have. We're not able to fast forward or slow down life. So, yeah. And I'm also not going to lose myself mm -hmm. trying to explain Your bad to behavior else where I'm coming from. Well, you better trying to explain it to the judge. And not understanding me. And that is, that's just who I am. That's where I'm at in life. And I refuse to tear myself down and beat myself up because mm -hmm. you refuse to take accountability. That's what it's called. Already decided that I am accountability in their head that they've created. No, you um, are broken and you have no accountability. Doesn't, that's, that's not my battle. That's what they have to deal with. But I'm here eating cake batter and coquito and they're typing negativity about <laughs> myself or other people. <laughs> cake batter and coquito. <laughs> You're so, winning because you're eating cake batter and cookie dough. I oh, okay. surrounded myself That's your definition with of winning. people who love me, people who care for me. Yes, girl. People who bring me chocolate you do that. when I'm sad. No, no, no. You need therapy when you're sad, not chocolate. That's all I can ask for. I can't change anyone else. And I've worked really hard on changing myself. So, yeah, I think that's where I want to leave it. I want to say thank you again. I can't say thank you enough. I don't think... I actually think the word thank you is not as high of a standard as I want to give you guys for the support and love that I've received, the messages, mm, so many mm, messages. Mm. And mm. yeah, Lord, I am very aware of the role I have in this community. And 
Are you I really? To Are you really? Be Tiffany Leanne Connolly, your Miss Universe Cayman Islands 2022. And no, you won't be. Have they stripped you the title? That's I the only question I have. Can somebody in her ask in her live ask her they're taking the title from her? Because if they're taking the title from her, she'll never have that title. She will never always be. So cheers, love. Look out for all my Instagram posts because uh -huh. I was in Trinidad for a week. So you know me who always posts and I'm posting on pictures all the time. I have a lot to post and I am uh -huh. excited to post them and share them with you guys. So I want to end this on a nice note though. So let me try and pretend. Uh -huh. So like not make this feel so drabby drabby. Yeah, pretend. And on a nice note. Christmas is in four to six days. I don't know what else. <laughs> Yes. Like, that's all on my mind. I'm decking the halls. So, if you are excited about Christmas... Is she wearing braces on the bottom teeth? Team, team you. Oh, okay. <laughs> and Interesting. I'm, For somebody says way, borderline personality disorder, that is what she displays. Mm -hmm. huh? That's our secret. Love. Uh -huh. Love always. Wow. Okay. Bye, guys. Loves and kisses. Bye-bye. Hot mess. I love myself. Loves and kisses, y'all. Who's falling for this? All 33 people watching that bullshit right there? Okay. It's so ironic. I just started watching. Like, I was just looking at Instagram, and I was like, oh, my God, she's live. Like, y'all love attention. Well, I just gave her 218 more viewers than she had. So add the 218 to the 33. <laughs> we gave her a little bit of attention this morning. This girl, I will always be your Miss Universe. Do that. No, you will not. I'm still waiting on the committee to confirm. Have you stripped her of the title? Because if you have stripped her of the title, she's not going to be nothing. She will never be Miss Cayman 20. We erased that from the record books. And the first runner-up has it. What a scourge on this country. Lavana, I'm not behaving myself no more when it comes to this committee. I have behaved enough with them, you know. I am so sick and tired of them. If I could dig Aunt Lottie out of the grave and have her give them one ass whooping, and y'all know I don't really believe in doing that. But I would say, Aunt Lottie, come get the switch, get the board, get something for these people so you can knock some sense into them. Because they just can't learn. And poor Tiffany. Oh, my God. She says so many of the right things. Like, oh, I want to take and then uh, my old, my, 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 myself. And then, like someone just say, it just happened the other day. Samoya said, love your younger self. This was just last year. Take accountability. That's my thing with her. I get it. I know she's got issues. Don't we all can, can see that? But you refuse to take true accountability. You go so far to sound good, like up to a certain point, And you can't just be genuine and truly honest. Why you not reach out to the man about fixing his car? Because you know the court can order that. You, you mash up two cars. Any right-thinking person that was genuinely apologetic would be like, sir, 
I'm now getting a government stipend. I want to know how much money that is. That's the next thing I need to FY. How much money stipend-wise are we paying this girl every single month? She could get up and go Trinidad for a friggin' week. But you can't go to this Portland man in West Bay and say, sir, here's a $500. Here's a $1,000 to, towards the repairs of your car. And y'all sitting here licking this foolishness up like she's a genuine person? She is not a genuine person. Morning, Paul. Jafana said, hot. It's a hot mess is, is what it is. Michelle got it. What a mess. Yes, it's like a clown fest. Cameron says, Sandy has more shade than the Amazon, from the Amazon, than Amazon to Ras. You know, when you said Amazon, I was thinking about shopping at Amazon.com, but now I know you meant Amazon is in the forest. <laughs> Sonia, good morning. No, sir. Mm -mm. I just can't even. Oh my God. What are the chances that she'd go live while we were live still? Somebody must tell us, Sandy, talk about you this morning. Go live and have something to say. Just come clean, honey child. Listen, Tiffany, come on, on the cold hard truth. Right? They strip you the title. What do you have to lose? Come and talk to me, sister. I will help you. I'm not going to beat you up unless you touch me first and then I kick, drop, kick your ass. But, you know, we want to help you. We want to see you genuinely be okay. Come and talk to your older sister. Let me show you some tough love that the people in your life are not willing to show you. Because, child. Mm, mm, mm. Oh, Gabby says, I can't. Sandy had me on the floor. Morning, Miss Darlene. Lucille says, I'm going to make some, what? Make Pam come and give you two slaps. Sandy, you was mad. <laughs> Jake, good morning. Jonathan, what's the lie? Jake says, I'm late, but I'm here. <laughs> Jonathan, now you know you late. Three hours later. No, four hours later. According to this, I've been live over four hours. Jeez, some peace. Has it been like that? 30, 8 30, 9 30, 10 30. Yes, honey, child, the clock not lying. Cameron says, the only issue I have now is figuring out which tone to use to say good morning to Sandy. <laughs> Lord, let me let me read some of the WhatsApp messages. Could they come in hot and heavy too? This person says this is embarrassing. Yeah, that's an understatement. Um. All right. This other person says, drag her, Sandra. Drag her. Smiling and twirling like she's so innocent. Derry Lee better walk around with bodyguards now. Oh God, don't say that. She'll run to the police. And so that you're harassing her. What you mean, uh, what part she doesn't comprehend? <laughs> Didn't she get the memo? Rules don't apply to Tiffany. The committee probably saw for themselves with Tiffany going to Trinidad that she doesn't want to listen to directives. You hit the nail on the head. Haley and Chloe better watch their back. Drag her, Sandy. Where is her American accent? Lord have mercy. They say that got dried up. I don't know, honey child. All I know is, Chloe, you're ready. Got a couple of marks against you now, you know. Tread lightly. That's all I can tell you is tread lightly. Because God knows. Oh, but this one say, good morning, Miss Sandy. How you never tell us L.A. Lewis was coming to Cayman or I missed the show. Laughing out loud, L.A. Lewis, the Obia man. Hide me. Uh, 
oh my ID, I can't take no more. What? Who the hell Ellie Lewis is? <laughs> this is one fool for man in Jamaica, right? I can't remember. But geez, on peace. What do you say he came out? He probably come in here trying to get a little job now. Tell him to step back. We don't know, we don't need no more foolishness in the Cayman Islands. No, sir. I'll find out if he's here. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. This person says, I don't have Facebook. You better get YouTube. Yes, my darling. Well, um, this is the gift that just keeps on giving. That's all I can tell you. It is a hot mess. Tomorrow is what? Thursday. It is Premier Access Thursday. So the premiere will be on um, with us tomorrow. Um, John LaRue says, sometimes negative attention is still attention. Time to move on. What about that poor police dog that died, swept under the rug? Did you call Woody to discuss food inflation? I actually messaged Woody about something else. Um, I didn't specifically invite him on the show yet, but we were talking about something. But yes, um, John, I completely understand what's going on with this young lady. And I understand that she does love the attention. Sonia says, dying with laughter. Come see Sandy kicking ass. Well, like I said, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be pretty because um, I don't go around beating people up and I've not had in a fight as an adult. But you put your hands on me and you might get a little box inside your head. Yes, Melita, four hours later, honey chill. You have to go back and watch. Still on the mall road. But anyway, I do have to go for real. I've got a client meeting this afternoon. <laughs> I must get to work. This is part of work, but there's other parts of work that I have to do. So yes, I must get to work this morning. I've got to prepare for my client and I got some paperwork I need to fill out today. I don't think I'm going to go to court because another trial starts tomorrow. So I'm going to give court a break today. And then um, tomorrow we'll be there for fraudster. Um, what his name is now? Um, Rob. What's his first name again? He's gone robbing people. Oh, what the hell's his first name? Anyway, he has 13 victims. This is like a three-week trial because he has 13 victims, Garfield Rob. And let me assure you that the 13 victims is just a drop in the bucket. The man got way more than that. He is a major con artist in this country. And his lawyer's like, yeah, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't even be here. That's right. Because I messaged the police commissioner and I said, commissioner, with all due respect, Stop your officers from telling people this is a civil matter. This man has defrauded, upon defrauded, upon defrauded people. When does this become a crime? So he instructed financial unit, look into the situation. And sure enough, they put out a public plea. Anyone come forward and they got 13. I tell you, there's more than that. Because you're always going to have people who will not come forward. John said, Jonathan says, um, laughing at that helper, how is she going to come to you and talk when you got the hole dug up and the shovel in hand? Oh, honey child, I have the biggest heart in the world if you come to me from a position of genuineness. That's going to be her biggest issue, though. She can't do that. Um, yes, uh, Michelle, that will definitely be on the, um, on the questions for him tomorrow. We need to find out generally speaking, uh, what's happening with um, recycling efforts and the regen program. Uh, we want them to get it right, but we want you to get it. 
You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you delay things to get it right, which makes you incapable of doing anything. And we don't need an incapable government. We need a government that can actually move the needle forward on behalf of the people. Mm, mm, mm. All right, folks, that's all I got for you. I can't take any more disillusionments. Y'all have a good day. So tune in tomorrow, Premier Access with Premier Panton. He'll be here. Chloe, we're watching you. Don't be, don't be mean to little miss attention over here. I need attention. You're in the pageant. You straighten up your crown and you walk straight because you yourself is not without blemishes. You're not a Haley now. We can't go to bat for you saying that, oh, you're a perfect Miss Cayman and you've got a great record. Your record leaves a lot to be desired. Knowing that, do not call attention to yourself because all you do, Haley, not Haley, Chloe, all you do, Chloe, is you make me look more at Haley and say, why isn't she Miss Cayman again? Why is she not wearing the crown? So beautiful. Yeah? So step cautiously. Do not make the crown go to your head. Even though your predecessor had her fair share of mistakes, you don't focus on her. You focus on yourself. Okay? When you live in a glass house, don't throw boulders. Because CMR right over here looked at you going, hmm, beautiful people. Have a wonderful and productive day. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channel. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Caymanian Cyrus Alexandria Ford, previously Webster, and her Jamaican boyfriend Kevan Max Howard Smith were found guilty of firearm-related offenses. Both were remanded into custody, and they face a minimum sentence of 10 years imprisonment unless the judge finds exceptional circumstances. Just after midnight Saturday, the Cayman Islands Coast Guard observed a fishing canoe-type vessel approaching the northern coastline of West Bay. The vessel attempted to evade officers but was soon stopped. Several large packages containing suspected ganja, totaling more than 500 pounds, was discovered. The three male Jamaican nationals who were aboard the vessel, ages 35, 42 and 57, were arrested on suspicion of importation of ganja. The Miss Cayman Islands Universe first runner-up, Chloe Paridoxy, will represent the Cayman Islands at the Miss Universe pageant in New Orleans on January 14th. The announcement was made by the Miss Cayman Islands Universe Committee on social media. 
It has been confirmed that Spice's concert in the Cayman Islands Tape Measure Edition, scheduled for the 25th of November, has been postponed. Exclusive CMI sources said Spice will not be in a position to perform for the remainder of this year. There have been reports that the artist suffered complications during a recent surgery in the Dominican Republic, but there has been no official confirmation. It has been more than 90 years since the 1932 Cuba storm, which devastated all three islands, but especially Cayman Brac. The hurricane of 1932 is still considered one of the worst natural disasters for the Cayman Islands. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters. Sunrise at 6.30, lots of clouds are expected. When the temperature is at 84 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity at 67% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the low 90s. Winds north-northwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour and the sun sets at 5.48. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, the extra clouds will be gone by the end of the week and weekend and the usual hot days with warm nights with the possibility of brief showers return. Now, CMR weather updates are brought to you by WG Charters. They offer private boat trips for a great price, so we encourage you to support them. Stormwatch 2022 is brought to you by Home Gas, your propane experts before, during, and after the storm. Nicole is getting stronger and is now impacting the Bahamas. The tropical storm could become a hurricane at any moment and is expected to hit southeast Florida as a Category 1 hurricane. Now, while over Florida, it is expected to curve around, bringing tropical storm force winds to the entire state. By Friday, it's expected to travel quickly through Georgia, South Carolina, and up the east coast of the United States of America. Now for your regional and international news. Five inmates have been hospitalized after being infected with tuberculosis at one of Jamaica's correctional facilities. The name of the facility was not disclosed. The Ministry of Health and Wellness, in partnership with the Department of Correctional Services, says it is performing TB screenings for inmates at the facility. One very lucky person won Monday's record-setting Powerball jackpot worth US $2.04 billion. The winning ticket was sold at a Joe's service center according to the California Lottery. The official Powerball website said that the ticket was the sole winner of the top prize. British egg producers are warning of possible shortages as farmers leave the industry or reduce the size of their flocks in face of spiraling costs and uncertainty sparked by the spread of bird flu. A third of pharmacists surveyed in recent days by the trade body of the British Free Range Egg Producers Association reported that they had reduced the number of hens in their flock because egg prices meant they were unable to cover costs. That's it for now on Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.